Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 55. John, how are you doing on this Friday afternoon? I'm doing really well. It's nice to see sunlight during our recordings. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Taking advantage of this extra day off to uh, get more caught up on the collective week so that we don't fall behind like how we usually do and uh, stay on track with GCW's collective, uh, our reviews of the collective and today we are covering For the Culture 4 and Jimmy Lloyd's D-Generation F. And it's coming from the UCC Center in Los Angeles, California. And yeah, this was the, the For the Culture show was the, the late night show. And then D-Generation F, I believe, was the morning show. Now they're all starting to kind of go together in my yeah. head. Yeah, it was the Wakey Wakey Eggs and Bakey show. Yeah, so we skipped a couple shows. Like we said, we're trying to put... The matches or the shows that we think have the majority of the GCW talent that we normally review on uh, our bigger kind of review while also still reviewing some of these other shows that have GCW, but doesn't really affect any like the storylines or yeah. uh, future matchups and stuff like that. The only thing has been DDT so far. So we've we've been pretty good on our track record. Yeah, and DDT, we're gonna cover the DDT goes Hollywood and uh, the DDT versus GCWs on the same episode, since it'll be a lot easier to say the names in one episode and remember them, so that way right. we don't uh, mess up in uh, mess up any of the DDT wrestlers' pronunciations and names. Because I, like I said, that was uh, one of the more entertaining shows in my opinion because. They felt like a GCW version, except in Japan. And I like how they do a lot of the comedy, the serious, the death match. And well, not really too much death match, but the kind of hardcore crazy matches that we see from like SGC and uh, the extreme uh, title matches in GCW. No, each and every one of them, I can see why they're a DDT. I'm not going to go into it right now, but just each and every one of the individuals had something different about them that I really did enjoy. And so... I went from completely DDT dumb outside of, I think, what we saw in the last Japan run from GCW, correct? Was that DDT? I don't think that was DDT. That was more of the Freedoms, uh, the company out there, the more death That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, gee, I feel kind of shitty for fucking that up now. I'm not an expert. I'm just opinionated. Um, okay. So, yeah, I went in knowing hardly any if, gosh, I don't know if any at all that I really knew. But I came out of this show really loving quite a few of these guys. And now if they come back again, I know what to expect and I know what to see. Um, gosh, let me see here real quick, because there was there was one name off the top that I think we last saw in JCW. And I wanted to kind of mention them real quick. And it seems like I'm trying to trying too hard to find this name. Are you talking about like what? for the for, for the culture show? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm thinking of the next show already. Oh, this okay. is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens. I got I got them all fucked up. Um, I forget who it was, but it doesn't matter now because it has nothing. What you thinking? For our first show of the night, it is going to be the For the Culture show. And it started off with a seven-way scramble as Darius Carter goes against Ashton Starr, Devin Monroe, a returning Faye Jackson, Judas, Keita Murray, and Teriyaki. And I loved the diverseness in this group. It's a lot of different talents and a lot of different skill sets put in this seven-way uh, seven scramble. And it's a different uh, kind of scramble than we normally see. We normally see the sixth person, so I did like how they added the seventh. And I don't think the seventh was announced. I could be wrong. I think I remember seeing one of the names come out. and I, It might have been Faye Jackson that I was like uh, surprised to see because we haven't seen her in a while. But it was nice mm -hmm. seeing Keita, Teriyaki... 
and Darius Carter, especially in my, my, uh, my eyes, I really was happy to see those uh, three back in the GCW ring because I've seen them quite a bit on uh, Darius Carter and other independent promotions, but Keita Murray and a lot of the West Coast shows that they have out here in Teriyaki, the stuff that he's been doing in GCW, we've been singing his praises and enjoying uh, watching him as well, and it was nice to see him kind of get a spot during this matchup. Yeah, it seems like he got a lot of spots over the weekend. What a great person. I really hope to see more teriyaki down the road again. I like how they've brought him from local to national. Yeah, I was really so. surprised he was put on this show because we've mostly seen him on the Midwest. Exactly. So we're so thankful for that. Thank you so much, Brett, for bringing him in. He is a lot of fun. Uh, youthful, too. So um, you were talking about the Las Vegas show with 25 and under that's going to eventually come out here. He's one of the ones that we were talking about that is on the radar for someone we would love to see out here. Yeah, I suggested um, uh, to the one of the promoters I heard like we had a little talk about they're going to be running during Memorial Day weekend uh, under twenty five. I don't know if he said it was a tournament or a just a regular show showcasing all the talent that's in independent wrestling that's under twenty five. And we suggest like Alec Price and a couple other GCW names that we know, but one that kind of I forgot to mention because we didn't haven't seen them a lot and uh, now as you said they are kind of getting a little bit more shows and a little bit more. Uh, Matches in GCW. Teriyaki is definitely a name that I would like to see. And so I reached out and suggested his name and we'll see if uh, they reach out to him to bring him to the show. Cause I think he would kind of fit in perfectly with uh, some of the other talent that they did. They uh, did tell us that they were reached out to and kind of got the verbal approval of showing up for this show. So I would be very interested and uh, excited if Teriyaki does get added to that lineup. So, yeah, we're just, we're hoping without saying anything, we're really just hoping there's, a lot of young talent out there in GCW right now, and we're hoping to see quite a few of them on that potential show when it may or may not be announced. Anyway, though, this match, fucking chaos. You know how it is with these, dude. It's so hard to write notes on stuff like this because there was all kinds of shit everywhere. Ashton Starr lost all of his hair. I, I understand completely. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Did you see it? It was like a completely different man. I saw like no, he was kind of like rubbing even. his head a little bit to kind of make a knowledge of it. I'll be honest, I don't, I couldn't remember it. I don't, I haven't seen Ashton Star too, uh, too much. But um, seeing that note there did remind me of him playing with this. Oh yeah, he used to have like uh, long dreads, right? Oh yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's all clicking now. Like I said, there's been a lot of rust in that weekend, and yeah, he used to, they used to have long dreads, and that's why that explains a lot. Okay, I missed yeah. it live. I used though. to have long dreads too, and then my shit's all gone. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me and Dreads would have looked absolutely fantastic. This hillbilly dude with Dreads. So, uh, actually, you, uh, you got a lot of people in my high school, like a lot of those girls that go down for spring break and they end up coming back with the braids in their hair from like Mexico, yeah. Jamaica. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I've seen that. That's that's about it, though. Um, teriyaki, welcome face. I'm right there with you. The rest, though, when it comes to, say, Judas and whatnot, I may have seen them, but they didn't stick out to me enough to be mentioned again, you have a better memory than me. We've actually talked about that before. Your memory on people are way better than me. My short term is shot to shit. My long term is shot to shit. I rely on you for that. For me, it's like, oh, look, balloon. And I mentioned the balloons. So the uh, Darius was playing heel and many wrestlers were doing their best to beat him up. Ashton Monroe had a quick uh, and entertaining exchange. I really wanted to at least make sure I mentioned it because I'd like to see those two maybe face off in singles down the road. If it wasn't for Judas, I would say Faye Jackson was the heel in this match. A lot of teriyaki chants, 
The match had an even pace. There was less chaos than I'd actually expected. It was well orchestrated with spaces for spots. I have to um, give kudos to the talent for taking care of that so well. Devin Moore came off very entertaining with the moveset that he had. And then I have the finisher here where Devin hits Judas with a crossbody. Darius throws out Devin and he covers Judas for three. Our winner in this one was Darius Carter. Well, that's my short notes on this one. You were on the ground live in the action. Yeah, it was fun. Teriyaki, like I said, had a lot of like it seemed like he got a lot more offense in this and uh, this match than almost any other match we've seen, especially in the scrambles that I've seen him in GCW, which was very nice to see. I love when he does that, like that rebound DDT off the like he bounces and off in the, the corner. Yeah, I love or that off the rope and off the yeah. rope. Yep, in the corner. I I love when he does that and um, it was this was a fun fun way to start off for the culture. Um, like I said, I think everyone around me was very happy to see Faye Jackson back because I, if I remember correctly, she retired, shoot, maybe even a couple, maybe over two years ago from actually in ring, but was still kind of in the business and helping other wrestlers out and still kind of doing a lot of promotion and showing up and making like uh, spot appearances here and there. But I know like she got the loudest reaction for sure, probably out of everybody. Other than Darius and the booze, everyone was very happy to boo Darius, <laughs> which is perfect. His character is so good. Like the I'm above everyone else and you guys got to reach my level and I don't get the enough respect as I should. I, I enjoy how he plays it off because he does it so good. Um, Judas was one I haven't seen since LA Fights and I, I was very happy to see. He has got like such a good look. Like he's got the strong build. He's got the he's got like pretty high flying moves as well. And. I was happy to see him back in Kita. I became a fan of Kita about a year and a half ago when he was on a lot of these shows uh, during SummerSlam weekend out here for GCW. Well, not just GCW, but when um, SummerSlam was out here, GCW came out and then there was a bunch of other uh, side local shows and he was like almost on all of them. And uh, I did become a fan of his during then. So it was nice to see him in a GCW ring because I don't think he's really wrestled for GCW other than maybe LA fights as well. Uh, but yeah, I was so happy to see all the talent. They killed it. I really enjoyed the scramble. It had its a lot of co- like some comedy spots, some serious spots, some little storytelling from the their past, especially with like Darius and Faye. I enjoyed that part. And yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of biased towards Teriyaki, seeing him kind of pop off and do a lot of fun moves and a lot of high flying, risky moves. I think he was like the spot uh, did a lot of the coolest spots in this match, in my opinion. But yep, Darius Carter with the victory and. Uh, to the chagrin of everyone in the audience, uh, could stick his nose up and say he's better than us still. I just want to stick in at the end there. I second you. Darius Carter did a fucking great job. His heel work is fantastic. I, I didn't want to go too far without saying that and give him his due. He impressed me. His heel work was really good. He kind of reminds me of a Tony Deppin, like with the heel kind of a, but without like he's the a spoiler too. Yes. He won't let any of the fun spots. Like he was, as you said, spoiled a lot of the fun spots that was going to happen. It looked like during this match as well. Yeah. Good shit, man. I just, yeah, it was, it was definitely worth mentioning. I, he's another one where, well, I kind of don't cause he fucks up storylines. He's one of those ones where I don't know if I like him or not. He's an Uber dick. I like him a lot. Actually. He's like a mixture of Charles Mason and Tony Deppin. I think like, yes perfect heels work though as well yeah i think that uh they're just different him and um him and mason are two different sides of evil yeah completely but i thought that was a great way to start off for the culture show match number two is a anything goes match as willie mack goes against billy dixon and uh, 
this was anything goes. I really enjoyed what uh, Billy did there. He kind of used a lot of the stuff that's not allowed during these matches to kind of even the field, in my opinion, with Willie Mack. I think Willie Mack, obviously the bigger name, but also the more well-rounded and uh, accomplished wrestler than Billy Dixon. So it makes sense that Billy Dixon would want a hardcore or more stylistic uh, hardcore matchup to kind of even the odds and put some of the favorite back in or put some of the odds back in his favor. And this show, this match did get out of hand and I enjoyed the, the crowd participation was very, very loud during this match as well. And then for me on my side, Willie Mack is signed to AEW. Congratulations, right? I, I might've missed that. I don't know. I did hear. Yeah. Actually, I heard. Oh, man, I think I was listening so to somebody, somebody on dark or dark elevation. One of the announcers, I think, cracked it early. And then it was announced not too longer after that. OK, um, what a great talent. And I'm so happy to hear that he's he's going somewhere good. Yeah. Agile, so quick. Such a nice motherfucker, too. And he has this. He just he's uh, he's magnetic. That's a good word for it. People just want to cheer for him. Oh, yeah. Like, I've never seen Willie Mack booed, and I've seen quite a few of his matches over the years. And, um, yeah, I'm very happy to get signed. I did hear that before, too, and I didn't, I thought somebody like said no, and they might have got, like, it might have wasn't announced. Well, keep but doing research. Keep doing research. I hope he is. With signed. Me sometimes is hazy. I, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he is, because I think he absolutely should be, because as you said, he's so magnetic where all it takes is one match and like one show at the UCC Center for GCW, and you see him now all over the place traveling with GCW, and I think uh, that's super cool because he's an amazing talent. Did you announce the match here? Yeah. Anything goes, Billy Dick. Well, shit. Okay. <laughs> so we got Billy versus Willie. Hopefully we're going to have a fun match here. This is a little over 13 minutes, so they actually gave him a, a fair amount of time to uh, develop a story here. Billy went outside immediately and started throwing chairs and doors in the ring. It didn't take long for both men to start fighting around the arena. I was laughing at Willie hurting his hand on a heavy chop to Billy's chest. Willie stayed in control for quite a few minutes. There were heavy chair shots to Billy's back. Billy did, though, eventually gain the advantage after minutes of punishment. He started hitting Willie with some nasty chair shots. Willie turned around the momentum by putting Billy through a door. It was a swift change of direction. Billy basically spears Willie through a door. Just a couple minutes later, Billy put up one more fight. Basically, he put up more of a fight than I thought. I was really impressed by that. He went outside again for a few minutes. Billy got slammed hard on the floor outside. But our finish here was basically Billy Dixon. He turned Willie Stunner into a backslide for the pin. It was very unexpected. It was very quick. Both performers was they were very surprised. And I love that ending because, it, as we said, we were surprised too. I thought for sure Willie Mack would win, being the bigger name. But I like how it was a surprise win because it caught up uh, Willie Mack off guard. And that was perfect because. Like it didn't. It wasn't like he dominated Willie and got like the big upset. It was like he got the upset by doing a sneaky move and tricking Willie into. It. And I really liked it because it didn't take anything away from Willie Mack, but it also showed like Billy Dixon was ready and uh, ready to do anything for the victory. And it was perfect ending. But those chair shots, loudest yes. I've ever heard in person. I even wrote. So it's funny. I even wrote. Uh, to the people I was like there with, I wrote like that was the loudest. And then as I'm typing it, 
I like hear another crack and that was the loudest mm. one I've ever mm. heard. So like as I wrote, I'm like, that was the loudest that I wrote dot, dot, dot. Okay. After the first one was the loudest, that second <laughs> one was the loudest tear shot I've ever heard. And then Billy Dixon, he did like one afterwards and it was like so weak and everyone was booing. And then he's like, all right, motherfuckers here. And then the third one was pretty good too, but it wasn't uh, near as loud as it was for the first two Billy Max. That was the loud, like it was like a gunshot. It was so loud. But, so there's a couple things. Oh, go, no, 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 no. I don't want to cut you off yet because you've got a couple more before. Nope. I was just going to say, but uh, also, like, I really enjoyed the storytelling during this match and like the struggle for B- Billy. That's all I was going to say. So I don't want to go any further then without mentioning too that there was a point by commentary. It might have been Veda. I'm not 100% sure. But the ring crew are doing a great job of clearing the ring of broken items. They did a damn good job of that for safety purposes. And they were right there the whole time. And the same thing with security. I don't know what's going on, but it, it's almost like someone stepped up their game, really got their shit together, and it's showing in so many different forms. And yeah, people are even watching that, and they do notice that. So great freaking job, because it's really appreciated. Um, both shake hands at the end of this match, which I thought was a great um, show of sportsmanship. I'm going to say this. Here we go, heel. It's just, a, it's just an opinion. Just an opinion. But Billy almost doesn't come off like a wrestler to me. Like, he looks like he's really nice. But when you look at him in the ring, he's kind of sluggish. And his selling is kind of half of what it should be, the best way to put it. So I don't want to be, you know, but when I watch him, I'm like, that's a nice guy. And then he moves just a little slower than, say, he should. And I'm like, uh, well, just, he's a big boy. He should be wrestling, but maybe, he, like, he looks really nice. I don't know what to think. And I think it could be to the time off because like, I think it was he took at least a year or maybe two years off after. Since he cut his, his cut himself, didn't he, or some shit? Uh, I don't remember what it was. I thought like, I think maybe it was plays goes back to this whole Charles Mason storyline with where he took the time off to take care of his mom because his mom fell ill. Like, I honestly don't know the exact reason, but I remember, I think it was at one of these for the cultures or maybe it was last year's. I think it was the last year's for the culture with Hoodfoot. He announced like, hey, this is going to be my last match, but I'm going to give him my all and have this crazy death match with uh, with Hoodfoot. And uh, yeah, we haven't seen him for a while. So that could be it because he just recently came back in the ring at GCW not too long ago. So I just uh, I just think maybe he's just trying to get back into the ring work or, uh, you know, dust dust off the rust or whatever. That's it. I'm uh, losing my. Losing my train of thought there, but I just think I really enjoyed his work on commentary, what he was doing on JCW, even when he uh-huh. wasn't actually in the ring. He, I think he provided a lot of uh, great background to a lot of the JCW shows and also like furthering the storylines on commentary as well. I did enjoy his work there. Yeah, I, I just I like the guy. I would like to talk to him and I love his commentary. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's just this this match and his wrestling so far hasn't connected with me. That's. I hope that's more of like a neutral statement. I don't want that to be like, and I even said some stuff here where I say slower. I really lower to my standards. That doesn't mean he's supposed to be working to my standards. He's supposed to be working to his standards. I'm supposed to be fortunate enough to watch. And I think that worked out perfectly because of like the match style with anything goes and the setting up the, the chairs and the tables. Like I think that kind of felt into his advantage because of, as you said, he he did look a little bit slower in the ring. Like I'm just attributing it to just ring rust, but I think it also is perfect way to kind of hide that ring rust in these 
this uh, kind of match because you have to take time to set up the doors and the chairs. And I think that kind of was a way to hide the ring rust. But Willie Mack, uh, I haven't seen Willie Mack in too many extreme kind of crazy matches. So it was fun seeing him in a different style match uh, as this one was. Okay, so to hide what's going on, if that was the situation with Billy, was I would have booked him as more of a hoth, a slow-moving tank. You know, you might he might not catch in a full sprint, but if you try to run up against him, he'll run right over you. I think that would have been a really good spot here, booking-wise. It did not have to be something that was long-term. It could have just been that night was Willie's night, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think it would have that match style would have worked out perfectly if they had a smaller competitor. But going against Willie Mack, you can't really be a hoss against Willie Mack in my no, opinion. you can't. So I think that's no. where it kind of like yeah ran into the wall there of what it would have been better limited, if, yeah, limited exactly limited how good it would have looked and played out if it was against a smaller person. And Billy Dixon did book for the culture, if I'm not mistaken, this year. So um, obviously he really well, good wanted job, this match good against job Willie on him. Mack. Yeah, and I think it it played out good. Like those chair shots was the most like. That's what stood out the most. I think we skipped memorable moments last episode as well because we just covered a lot and there would have been a lot of memorable yeah. moments. But like for yeah. this one, the memorable moment of this match is absolutely that chair shot because the both of them by yeah. Willie Mack, it was loud as shit. I love stuff like that. These guys, yeah, these strong guys, I love it when you get these big guys that can take a little punishment. I, I like legit, like after that first one, I like, whoa, like immediately went to my phone and then couldn't even get it out. And I actually haven't even heard it back yet on... uh and how it how loud it was on the screen was it pretty loud off the oh, oh it's loud yeah oh it's loud yeah i really want to go back and watch that now. yeah see, you're smiling ear to ear yeah you got to go hear it it's it's uh very noticeable yeah i definitely will check it out here probably after this podcast actually i'm almost caught up with everything else where i'm going to start uh watching some of these shows since i got the next couple of days off to get a little bit more knowledge on what was said on commentary to further the storylines other than what i just saw live and in person hmm. i can add a where little I'm bit more right to now. these podcasts <laughs> Oh, no, that's good. Um, I'm going to be sitting down doing the review for after Lucha Underground. DDT. No. Uh, well, we had uh, GCW versus DDT. Oh, emo fight and um, an emo fight. Yeah. So are those our next two, you thinking? I thought uh, I just asked yeah. in the middle of the show, but that's OK. Um, we could do D- I, I'm we'll figure actually, it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out because Keep it right now we've only skipped DDT. And if we have to skip one and maybe like if we have two or three skippables, we'll just put them all on one episode and like if we wanted to or whatever. And, and that's the good thing, too, with these different shows, like a lot of the storylines don't interweave like each is a own no. little separate thing. So it's not like we have to stay in chronological order because of the way it was told storytelling throughout the, the weekend. Yeah, I would almost consider something like the straight DDT show almost bonus kind of if we do it because there's I don't know half of these people. And to describe them to a bunch of other fans that probably don't know them either. I'm like, but you said it was a really entertaining I about show. I think though, once too. you watch it, I think you'll have your mind changed. I think you'll okay, have a okay, lot good. more to talk about than you originally think right now. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's my kind of shit. That's right. We talked about this a little. Yeah. Earlier. I think once okay. you watch it, you'll be very pleasantly surprised in how much nice. that you'll, you'll want to talk about. The third match of the evening is a Survivor Series 10-man tag match. Well, 10-person tag match, sorry. Uh, as we have Team West Coast comp- uh, compromising of Al- Alpha Zoe, G-Sharp, Kenny King, Maserati, and Midas Creed going against the world's team consisting of AC Mack, J Malachi, JC Storm, Jeffrey John, and Shug D. 
And the crowd during this match was probably the loudest of the night for this for this event was the loudest during this uh, card. Yeah. This East Coast, West Coast chance going back and forth was insane. And it lasted the entire match. Like it never like almost stopped as it died down for like a minute. It was like everyone just enjoying the cool spots. And then boom, right back at it again with the East Coast, <laughs> West Coast. Uh, one thing I did want to forget, I don't want to I don't want to forget this is shout out to Jay Rose for uh, doing the ring announcing during this. I really enjoy Jay Fucking Rose's work. It. And yeah, he I think he brought the perfect energy, obviously, for the show. I love how he's just so he's like very much like MLJ, like hey, how he's so enthusiastic for all the stuff, and he pours his heart and soul into all these announcements to make sure that the talent gets over on his ring announcing more than him just getting himself over with the dancing and the theatrics. It's like actually makes sense and it's authentic, and I think it's really good for the performers because it just gets us. I know it gets me like more enthusiastic because like I the two people in this match I've never seen before were Jeffrey John and JC Storm and seeing the way that J Rose announced it and then seeing them come out and like they're all hyped up because of like the they they've like felt off the energy off of J Rose and I felt that throughout the entire night as well and I just wanted to do a quick little shout out to J Rose because I did uh we I forgot to mention him at the beginning when uh we started the show. It's the West Coast versus the world. What are we gonna do out here? So this is an elimination match in case someone doesn't understand what a Survivor Series kind of match is. So the first thing out the bat, I saw the world come out. Does JC Storm have cotton candy? I was kind of wondering about that. If you have a chance, check it out, dude. It's just like got something pink in her hand and I don't know what else it might be. Maybe, maybe I, like a fake cat or something. I don't. Yeah, I couldn't tell. And like now I'm, I'm watching it. Now, it right? kind of look like a yeah. I'm a cat and I'm a cotton candy guy. People know that. I'm like, what is she carrying? Some up? angles it looks like cotton candy. Other angles it does look like a cat. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's not uh, mine. <laughs> not my cotton candy. Um, both both teams came out looking hype as fuck though. I will say that like they were excited to shit to be there. Las Vegas represent with G Sharp, Kenny King, Maserati. I was happy to see Midas Creed again. That's one of our that's one of our boys that we really enjoyed. Started at the local level and on his way up. Yeah. The uh, the one thing I wanted to say was Malachi. He had like a nice length height combo. Him and G Sharp is a really fun match. Again, I'll say it. G Sharp is solid and deserves TV time. I'm gonna throw it right back to you there for a minute because I know you have something to say too. I'm sure you're a G Sharp guy too. Oh yeah, I I love G Sharp out here in Vegas. Uh, he's probably top three of my favorite wrestlers out there. I, I really I've watched his career for a while, like when he was Hyper Streak. Um, I was watching him as hyperstreak and enjoyed his work, but I think his now like the more realistic G sharp, we get to see the facial reactions. He's not hiding behind a mask anymore. And he's just like, he just has like this MMA fighter style, but also like, I'm not, I, you have to hold, I, we see it at the beginning. You have to hold me back. Cause I'm going to kick your ass. I don't care. As soon as the bell rings, like he has like a kind of like a hitman kind of gimmick. I really like and enjoy because he really does come off as a, pretty intimidating when you see him just staring you down and just yelling at you and cussing you out like i don't i think i told the story before like my son got in the ring with jordan oliver going against g-sharp because of me chanting fuck you g-sharp at an all kids show and <laughs> g-sharp just yelling at me and my son getting mad because g-sharp's yelling at me and then like uh, g-sharp's yelling my son all right you want to step in come on in and jordan let my son in and like as my son's like walking by me to go up to the ring i'm like 
dude, remember, this is fake. G-Sharp's not really going to do nothing. He looks really scary right, right now. Right, right, right. He's and not he going to do he's nothing. He's got a real scary look to him. It's yes, nice. but he also had like so the, nice. I was just about to say, but he also had the biggest smile about two weeks later when I caught him at the UCC center. And I walked up to him. I'm like, hey, I'm the father of the son that you let in the ring with Jordan. He's like, oh, and like you just saw the smile on his face radiate. And yeah, he was like, how right. did he enjoy it? Was he OK? Did he have fun? I was like, yeah, he was a little scared with you. He's like, good. Like, I'm glad he understands. I wasn't really going to hurt him. Like, I kind of smartened it up real fast before he went into the ring. But he was like, I'm right. so glad I was able to help provide that moment for him. And G Sharpie yeah, is oh, an amazing guy. That's so fantastic. Um. All right, so snap back to this real quick. I wanted to mention another thing. Maserati, she is usually a heel in the ring. But if you really listen closely, she's smart and she's funny as fuck. So if you ever have a chance and you heard her live, like she has a ton of personality. If people really listen to her more, like her interactions with other wrestlers and the crowd is just top-notch fantastic. And that's when I realized, like, I started listening to her and I went, you got to be pretty fucking smart to come up with the shit she's coming up with. And, and a lot of it's on the fly. Like it's hard to hate her. Like when you start to really get smart and listen to her because she's fucking funny. And every now and then I'll see her crack up someone in the ring while they're trying to work. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen her pretty much from when she first started out here as a valet with Remy. I think it was Remy Martini or um, Remy. Oh no, sorry. Remy Marcel uh, out here in Vegas. And like seeing her go from the valet to in-ring work to this platform. And she's actually gotten like, she's wrestled on, I think impact and all these mm. big companies too out here. So she's definitely had the glow up. And I, as you said, I think she's uh, her character work is what's kind of not carrying her. Cause she's really good in the ring too. But I think her character work is what for me makes her more enjoyable because like, she's just nonstop and interacting yeah. with the crowd as whether, as you said, a heel or a face. And at this one, it was more of a face night being on the West coast. The, the alignments kind of switch up based off of uh, proximity and location on the East Coast, West Coast stuff. So um, I think she did a very good job holding her own in this match, as well as JC Storm, too. I really enjoyed the stuff that they did during this match together as well. Okay, so it's just me, again, personally. And I'm a Cleveland guy. I'm originally from the Canton area. I think Babushka guy's gimmick is actually getting in the way of who he could be. It, I, I keep going, what the hell is that? Now, listen, I'm a third Russian. I'm a third Russian. My grandma had a babushka. It kind of just takes away from me watching what he's doing because he's just got a damn scarf on his head. So I'm, I'm like, what, what do I do? Not only that, it's scarves that are generally worn by older Russian women, Latvia, you know, Czech. And so I always was kind of confused by that. Maybe it's just my background and it looks like my grandma's, you know, rag on it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't want to say rag. That's horrible. Well, it's, it's funny. not a rag. I said at the beginning, I'd never seen Jay, uh, Jeffrey John. I totally forgot. Yeah, he's been in GCW actually a couple times. Um, Smaller shows, right? Uh, he had like a one on one against Starboy at one afternoon only. He had, uh, they were part of the oh, un team wow. Unsanctioned Pro going against SGC. I think he was on some of the JCW so shows. He's the, so he's he's unsanctioned, unsanctioned Pros, like Ohio, yeah. Midwest, right? Yeah, he's yeah. part of that the Bobby Flacco group, and as we will see Bobby Flacco later too, and with Terry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like ignorant now. Once I saw once I saw Jeffrey John come, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Jeffrey John." Like I said, this was a midnight show. I was tired at this point. This was the <laughs> the first night, and yeah, I was uh still I was out of it. But like between the time of that show and all the wrestling I've seen since then and now and everything else gone, I totally forgot that we've seen Jeffrey John before. So uh, I retract that last statement that I never seen him before. And I sometimes get him and um, I'll be honest with Bobby Flacco kind of mixed up. 
I don't know why. I just kind of do it. Huh. It shouldn't. I shouldn't get it messed up because of the babushka you said. Like, right. babushka well, Bobby's too. the one that comes out on the motorcycle. Yeah, that's why. And almost usually crashes somewhere. Pick a side. Yeah, facial re- facially. I don't know why I kind of get those two confused, or maybe it's the name wise. I think if we switched, I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't. Uh, he's one that I, uh, I'll kind of say like not. I don't get it yet. I haven't seen enough to. For me to understand, it's not for me at this moment, but I know obviously he's been killing it and being able to get onto these shows, especially with the amount of talent in this match. Like these are all yeah. big names in this match that I've absolutely heard of before, other than JC Storm, which I'm still learning about. And I do, she, her, and Maserati had some credible spots, and she just JC Storm is another character too that I think uh, could fit into the right under the right circumstances, fit in with GCW based on opponents that she's given. Man, I'm so embarrassed now looking at these names because I'm like, yeah, we did see Jeffrey John. And then I remember Midas Creed because of the name Creed. And wow. Yeah, quite a few, actually. Okay. So another thing I'll mention here, watching Kenny King versus Shug D was like a fun classic style wrestling match. I could have watched more. There was a fun spot with Shug trying to knock over Kenny and he fails miserably. And of course, he eventually resorts to playing dirty and knocks him down hard. There was another spot with G-Sharp where he hits a West Coast senton, followed by Malachi taking a crazy dive over the ring post to the outside. That was just absolutely impressive. And I'm going to kind of rip off, like, I'm just going to tell you now, it was 21 and a half minutes for this match, and it took over 12 minutes for the first elimination. I want to say that kind of writing in a match was absolutely fantastic. It made each performer look strong, important, and it allowed them all to have a little bit of a spotlight. It did its job on so many levels. And the fact that it primarily stuck to the rules tag-wise also made a huge difference. I love the flavor of each one of the West Coast people. I love the flavor of the world and each one of those people. Like, this was fantastic. I'll throw it back over to you before I start getting into these eliminations. I... Real fast, the referee. You made a you made a count that stuck to the rules. That's like one of my favorite referees there is right now. Um, I I, I always mix up the name. I think it's Nick Shin or Diction. I for, I forgot which one, but I yeah. love I love his work in the ring, his facial reactions, but how he is a more authoritative in the ring and he doesn't take no bullshit, which I really enjoyed. And it's funny, I just made a tweet about this last night. Like I don't want to even get too deep into it, but I've been noticing like a little bit more with the refereeing and stuff and. I just feel like sometimes these matches and the wrestlers, the way they're laying out the endings is totally throws these referees under the bus. And like, I don't really like, it takes something away from me during these matches because like, it's, I'm just going back to, I was watching WrestleMania, the end finally of the Cody versus Roman and like, okay, solo, solo's got kicked out of the ring and that you kick, remove him from ringside at the end of the match, you raise Roman's hand and immediately you see his head pop up from the side. Like as a referee, like I've seen many times, like, Oh, wait a minute. There's the title belt in the ring. You used it. Never mind. Restart the match. Like, why doesn't that shit happen? And I'm just like burying the refs here. And I feel bad for all these referees <laughs> because like they get the shit end of the stick. They get the one talking about when it's like they're not they can't sit there and really do their job as a ref. So I, I just really feel bad for him. But this ref is awesome. I love him. And I love exactly what he does in the ring because he has total control over it. And uh, it was it was awesome to see him back in. uh Back in the rink, because have, we haven't seen him too often uh, lately out here on the West Coast. Um, but going as you said, the twenty-minute match, I really enjoyed too. It, it felt long, but I'm not complaining about it. I felt long in a good way because, as you said, it gave every single person in that in that match their spotlight, their chance to shine, 
And I think all of them killed it. And I, that's why I don't care. It went 21 minutes because it felt long, but it was such, it felt like a traditional Survivor Series match. And I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed everything that they had uh, going on during this match. Yeah. And, and you're right about the time, like it had a chance to breathe. And again, I'm just taken back by the fact it took 12 minutes, 12 minutes and eight seconds before our first elimination. Jay Malachi was eliminated by G Sharp. So the West Coast at that point was up by one member. Midas Creed then eliminated Jeffrey John. That was the second elimination. I'm sorry. Midas Creed was eliminated by Jeffrey John. That was our second elimination. That was at the 14 and a half minute mark. Both teams were then even again. Maserati then eliminates JC Storm at the 1644 second mark. That was the third elimination, which allowed the West Coast to be up by one. AC Mac hits two Mac 10s on Maserati at the 17 minute and two second mark. That was the fourth elimination, and both teams were even again at three to three. There was a lot of real wrestling that was happening in the ring as the eliminations were piling up quickly. I just wanted to mention that because there it wasn't like high flying stuff. It really was wrestling going on, and um, I don't want to say it's far and few between, but this was a match where I didn't expect as much of it, especially when there's multiple people in the ring. Usually it's spot, spot, spot. This kept the temperature down at a specific level. Like they knew how to keep the boil at a specific temperature. That's about the best way to put it. And they had the crowd, like you said, perfect timing. Cause like that crowd nonstop during this match was East coast, West coast. And it was like legit back and forth. A lot of the people from the East coast, like their fans, like they brought some fans that were in certain sections of the, the, the crowd. And like, they were super loud. And I was glad to see all the uh, East coast talent. Cause I never, I've seen all those West coast talent before in person. Mm -hmm. This was my first time seeing, I think every single one of those East coast talents in person. And I enjoyed all of their work, especially like AC Mack and Jay Malachi for me were uh, the big ones. So Kenny King then eliminates Jeffrey John at the 19 minute mark. That's our fifth elimination. West coast is up again by an extra member. Then Mack and Shug D gang up on G sharp and they eliminate him at the 20 and a half mark. That's the sixth elimination. The teams are even at this point, and the four men are facing off in the ring two to two. West Coast chance. That was the first time on TV I heard something. I'm just letting you know. This is at the 21-minute mark, so I'm just letting you know what translated and what didn't. And again, I wasn't listening for it either. It was just prominent around that time. Kenny and Alpha Zoe then eliminate AC Mac and Shook D with double pins at the 21-minute mark for the win. So in the end, everybody here was happy. Almost our winner was the West coast. It was a fun match. It felt like two matches because the second match didn't even start until that first elimination hit at 1208. I mean, that's really my opinion of it. And that's what I enjoyed about it. Third time. I'll say it. I enjoyed a lot of the small <laughs> details. Like some of the, like I, I one sticks out to me when like, you know, at the near, like the middle of the match, all those people were doing like their topes to the outside or their special dives. Yeah. Um, like one when Kenny King went to go load up for uh, his to tope, you see Jay Malachi kind of like from the side as Kenny's running the ropes, like dive and try he to tried. grab. Yeah, I tried, yeah. tried grabbing Kenny's King's feet and like trying to trip him up. I loved there was a bunch of small little details throughout this entire uh, throughout this entire way. But I think one of the coolest things I saw during this match was the double pin for the victory. That's something I've never seen before in a tra traditional Survivor Series match is two versus right. two and, then, and usually it goes two v one or two and then two zero but like 
I've never seen like this two v two, boom, double elimination is done and over with. Like that caught me off guard, but I absolutely loved it. Like it was just so out of the box thinking and so cool and different yeah. and unique. And I I enjoy this match. I think this match was. Um, I, me and the other people that I was with, we kind of said like this for the whole collective reg in regarding in-ring work. I think this was, we thought this might've had the chance to be like one of those sleeper shows that had like just banger after banger matches. And this Survivor Series match, I thoroughly enjoyed. And I, this was one of those ones we were talking about. That might've been like the show stealer and might be, I think if I go back and rewrite like all the matches I saw, it might make the top five of, what I saw from the weekend, but I'm kind of based on that, not just of what I saw in ring, but I, it sucks. Now I'm very actually disappointed that the crowd sound didn't come through as it did in person. Cause in person, well, it may it have, I just wasn't listening to okay. it. You know what I mean? I wasn't listening for it. Um, sometimes I'm in a cave and I'm just watching the moves and, you know, so. And I found it funny. Too, I, I love it. saying, don't quote me. <laughs> well, I found it funny too. Like, even though Jay Rose said it, like, as he was walking back, like, right after, like, the match just started, after he did all the announcements, you kind of hear him, like, this is an elimination match. Like, like kind of quickly say that so the fans knew. Mm -hmm. But then still, after the first elimination, you see all the fans jump up and then they're, like, looking around, like, wait, it's not over. They're still going. Like, there was right, a little right. bit of confusion from the fans. I, I do have to admit there, but um, it was, I just enjoyed it. Like, it was very well planned out and as you said that they they kept a perfect timing to keep the crowd invested throughout the entire match and um i definitely want to see especially i've i know we get spoiled seeing the west coast team often out here i really want to see like all those the the world's team the ac max the shug d's the j malik i really want to see all those people come uh on the west coast a little bit more often yeah, that's that's well said there were a couple matchups there i'd mentioned earlier where i'd love to see them again and again, it wasn't just, oh, I made it up out of nowhere. I was actually moved to say, these two motherfuckers can wrestle. I'd love to see it more. And that happened with quite a few little, you know, matchups here. So happy as can be on this one. This is a good match, man. I'm, I'm with you there. I don't, I don't know where to rank it because I'm still watching everything. But I'd have to trust that if you say this is a fucking banger, you know your shit. So yeah, this was, was probably, I you know. enjoyed it. It was like, yeah, it was awesome. For the fourth matchup of For the Culture, I was really, really excited for this match. This one also absolutely had Sleeper of the Collective written all over it. As the bounty hunter, Brian Keith, goes against two Cold Scorpio. And this was my first time seeing Brian Keith in person. I love watching all the stuff he's been doing throughout the independent scene. And I, I'm stunned. He's one of these ones I think that should absolutely be signed to a bigger company and being on a lot of national TVs because... I, he's so incredible in the ring, but I love the whole bounty hunter gimmick because you could do a bunch of different things with him as like the bounty hunter. And I think there's a lot of stories that could be told in whatever company that he decides to, if he ever does uh, get signed by a bigger company, I think that whole gimmick and just because he's so talented in the ring and with his character, they could do a lot of fun stuff with him. And I was so glad to finally get to see him in person, especially against a legend like Two Cold Scorpio. Yeah, great, uh, great sneer, right? Oh my god, yeah. Look. I actually saw him uh in the parking lot out, out of character and like I was like, is that Brian Keith? And they were like, Yeah, that's him. And like as like we said he overheard his name, he kinda like looked, gave us like the side eye here just talking, but like with a smile on his face, as you said, he right, gave like right. that sneer, like the er kind of face. Uh -huh, like, uh -huh. like you talking about me, motherfuckers? And I like I was like this. I'm so <laughs> like this was before this match, and I was like, Oh, that's just got me even more pumped to see him going uh, against two cold Scorpio. Yeah, dude's magical. I'm uh, 
I'm hoping to see something good open up for him. And tonight, actually, like I hate hate to, uh, well, I mean, we plug other independent wrestling tonight. He's going against Jordan Oliver in a uh, West Coast Pro. Like I am so stoked for that match tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna lie. I've said it before, but there's always new listeners every now and then. I really do think when it comes to acquiring GCW regulars and several other the top independent company or independent wrestlers out there, West Coast Pro really does it right. Yep, West Coast Pro is like one of these ones I will go out of my way to catch all their shows because they it's I enjoy as you said a lot of GCW talent, but a lot of great like that's Titus Alexander, Nick Wayne. Starboy Charlie, like all these people that are young, great talents that have been coming. During this last match, we had Alpha Zoe, um, not really Kenny King, but I think he's wrestled on West Coast Pro. But Alpha Zoe is like a big West Coast Pro uh, uh, wrestler there. And I that's one company I will absolutely shout out to the world, no matter what podcast I'm on, because they do everything right, in my opinion. And every single the co- their card, like this one tonight, has incredible. Like Leo, I think it's tonight's Leo Rush versus Alpha Zoe. Jordan Oliver versus Brian Keith. Those are like just two matchups off the top of my head. And that's not even like main events on this card, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, if you love a lot of these GCW regulars, get out there and support them and other companies. Go say hi, buy merch, have fun, get to know who they are and thank them for what they do. It's not easy. That's that's what I have to say on that. Um, D'Lo Brown, he said that Brian Keith may look back on this match years from now. I agree this match has the potential to be something special seeing two cold scorpio in the ring alone is special i think that's that's maybe where we should start when it comes to my little rundown here i may have done this before but if i did it was quite a long time ago so i'd like to kind of revisit it if i uh if i did talk about this but i'm going to talk a little bit about two cold scorpio this is especially for people who really love to talk a little bit about history or maybe learn something new Too Cold Scorpio, a fucking ECW original, 57 years old, out of Denver, Colorado. He debuted in 1985. Quick math, that's 38 years ago. He was trained in New Japan Pro Wrestling, recommended by Big Van Vader. He's known for his 450 splash, wrestled in over 100 countries, debuted in WCW in 1992 as a tag partner with Ron Simmons. Super Brawl 3, I thought about bringing this up, but I'm going to bring it up only because it's a fantastic match. I just want to mention, if you want to see an old WCW match, Super Brawl 3. He went up against Chris Brenoir. It's one of the best American matches from Too Cold that you're going to find out there. Again, if it's not your style because of whatever situation, I respect that. I just wanted to let you know I was trying to give examples of what you may want to see so you could see how Too Cold Scorpio has progressed over time. So then we're going to go into 1994. He debuted in ECW. He held the ECW TV title four times. His best match over there was against Eddie Guerrero. It was a TV title. And he also had a short stint back in around 1999 from ECW. He debuted in WWE in 1996 as Flash Funk. Some of you may remember that. Some of you may not. It wasn't the quickest. I I know you kind of, you got a, you got a kind of a, a, a look over there to you. You've, you remember Flash Funk at all, or oh, no? I, what you think? I think What's I, in your head. I don't know if I said this on the podcast recently or to like some other friends, but I, uh, I was a big like the wrestling figures. The char- like I was always playing with them all the time, and like the one that always sticks yeah. out in my mind is I had Flash Funk with the fucking blue hat, the blue outfit. The people. <laughs> I, I loved Flash Funk. Flash Funk and Too Cold. Too Cold like was one of my original favorites of all time, just because he was doing the high flying shit that no one else was doing before ever, and. 
yeah, every time I hear the name Flash Funk, literally the first thing I think about is my uh, action figure of his. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. That's a good memory. And also, I think he got a couple pennies out of that. So he appreciates it, I'm sure. You have to let him know that back in the day, you paid for something somewhere for him. So, yeah, stick of gum or somewhere. Yeah, maybe a drink or two. <laughs> you never know. But uh, he was voted the most underrated wrestler of the year in 1997 by PWI. Also, the best wrestling maneuver in 1992. Do you know that the right that maneuver? That was? Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, so that's... He also debuted in Pro Wrestling Noah in 2000 with Vader as a tag partner. They won the GHC tag team titles and the hardcore titles. But since around 2005, he's been doing independent wrestling. So with everything I gave you there, I just wanted you to know that's why I said I hope this is something that Brian Keith gets to appreciate because that's what he's stepping in the ring with. Now, again, he's been 38 years professional wrestling. Brian Keith, 31 years old, 10 years in wrestling, trained by Booker T. He has an old school gimmick. And like I said before, I love the sneer. Uh, comes out, swish a house which I love the music, man. I don't care. I'll always love that music. It sounds so good. But yeah, Keith was a heel here. Doesn't accept the handshake. Total heel move. But the first three to four minutes with Scorpio wearing down Keith, he flat out out wrestled him. It was a veteran just doing what veterans do. It did take a while for Keith to get in any offense. Then he was dominant from about minute five and past that. Keith was playing heel by getting on the ref's ass a lot. I'm a big fan of that unless he gets on Scarlet. For some reason, we're protective of Scarlet. So that's how it goes. Scorpio went for the 450. Keith knocked the ref into the ropes and it knocked too cold off of the top, which was kind of an interesting spot. But Scorpio goes for the power bomb and Keith reverses for a sunset roll up. Our winner in this one was Brian Keith. Honestly, um, I hope Keith is honored to be in the ring with too cold. He's, he's done it all. And we're really fortunate with his age to have him out there wrestling. You know, Sabu is only one year older. He's out there still, you know, you know, too cold, still out there kicking it. And Sabu, he wishes he still could, you know, bless him. And I, I was the, the, out of all those stats you said, I think the one shocking one to me was Brian Keith's 31. Like, I thought maybe he was a little bit older, uh, maybe just because like he looks older. But it's the character that is the perfect age to get fucking signed right now. Like I said, like. And he's a big name to all these independent talents. I always hear they want to go out and wrestle. Like Jordan specifically saying like, hey, I'm wrestling one of the best in the world right now. But guess what? I'm also one of the best in the world right now, too. So it's going to be a great matchup. And all the stuff I've seen from Brian Keith is incredible. Like I've always ever I've only seen some of the stuff from like the last like two years, like of getting into him. But I've gone back and watched yeah. some of this stuff as he did like even younger. I think I saw like one of the first matches he started out with that bounty hunter gimmick I enjoyed. And I, I, 31 years old, that's the perfect age. He's in his prime. That's, I think, hopefully, he'll, I, I think he has a good spot if he had, like, worked with Ring of Honor. Like, I just think Ring of Honor right now would be a perfect little fit for him because he could bring a lot of the veteran status um, to a lot of those younger wrestlers, like, uh, that they, they have on their roster, while also bringing a new name into that company that's a fresh new name with a fresh gimmick that no one's seen before. And, is a talk right now on the independent wrestling team. Like we hear a lot about Billy Starks and Nick Wayne and all those other people. I think he's right up there that should be mentioned with those, with those younger talents. I think maybe why he isn't because he's not as young as them, but 31 years old is a, I think a perfect age for a wrestler. Like a lot of wrestlers don't hit the oh, prime yeah. until 40, but I think he's just 
proven so much and he looks so polished and TV ready right now. I really hope he has a bigger and brighter future. If not, I hope I catch him a lot more out on the independent scene because I definitely enjoy his work and I yeah, I gotta go out of my way to catch that match tonight. I almost forgot about it until I saw this. Yeah, dude. He's he's something else. I think it's just the fact that he has the character so down pat so well that he doesn't have to do too much to tweak it. I mean, he's got good music, great entrance, great look, facials there. He can wrestle like all hell. I mean, maybe AEW bound one day. Yeah. We, we you know, a new a new cowboy character, but a, a different one in a better way. See, I don't even think it's like a cowboy. I really enjoy like the bat like the robe that he has, the bat like he that, I guess it does look West. Yeah. yeah, I guess he does look like like uh the cowboy stuff, but I really like the whole bounty hunter aspect. I just think like I know like I always bring up Swerve because I really love Swerve Strickland and I know they're trying he's trying to get some new quote unquote affiliates. I think that might be happening either tonight or next week, but um I, I could just see like him just showing up randomly just with that look, even if nobody knows him and kind of like not eliminating someone, quote unquote, but coming in, interfering and uh, like beating up a name and then bringing it back to like another well-known name and then having started like a little partnership with the more veteran name in the business that's on TV a lot and introduce him as this bounty hunter. And he just gets sent by all these different people. Kind of like how the APA kind of were for a little bit. It's like, you give us the money, we'll go do whatever you want us to do and go against whoever you need us to. I think uh, Brian Keith would be fantastic on that role on national TV. So what's nice was that at the end of this match, both men showed respect. I really like them both. And I was really happy with like, I'm just kind of wrapping it up so that it makes sense because I don't want to repeat myself over and over. But it was really satisfying. And I really hope to see both of these men again soon. I think you're the same way. Yeah, and once again, like we're, I, I feel like we're overshadowing Too Cold, like with this Brian Keith. Like even though I, I, we always sing Too Cold Scorpio's praises, and he absolutely deserves all of the praise and respect that he gets uh, for still having some crazy matches still in GCW at his age. Uh, I just think that just goes back to not how nothing negative on Too Cold. I think it's just how we envision and view uh, Brian Keith, and I think that's a very good thing for him because. Uh, to me, he was the talking point in this match more than Too Cold, and to have that kind of leverage over a legend as Too Cold, um, I could see a lot more people having that same conversation, mentioning Brian Keith's name more than Too Cold Scorpios. Just, just be thankful for him. Be thankful for GCW for having um, the appreciation to bring him in. Yes, I, I, I'm, I think he did get announced for a GCW show coming up as well. Maybe a couple even. So that's another Gosh, great. I'd thing. love to see him. I know. I'd he, love to see. Actually, him. I, I, I'll dance with him. No, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Oh shit! Oh, you're gonna be the uh-huh, next one. Dude, I love after. funk. I love <laughs> funk. Not flash funk. I love that. But man, I'm disco funk. I love all that stuff. Love it. Raised on it. <laughs> Our next matchup of the evening, once again, I'm going to like, I'm kind of repeat myself. I was super excited for finally getting to see man like Darice and Myron Reed live and in person. Myron, I've been singing his praises. Man like Darice, we've both been singing his praises. Yes. And Kevin Knight, I've been watching a little bit more of what he's been doing with uh, New Japan Strong and enjoy the speed and quickness that he brings to the table. And with this three-way matchup, um, for the Black Wrestlers Matter, Black Wrestlers Matter, Matter title. Oh my God, I'm getting my R's mixed up here. Um, I use BWM, but sometimes I flip it to BMW because I'm like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, my dyslexia is coming in. But did you talk to Did you talk to Doris at all? No, that's the one oh I didn't. Gosh. Myron Reed is another one too. Like 
you should have went straight to him and been like, Darius, have you heard our podcast at all, bro? We were the first fucking people to ever be like, we need you. We need you. You're amazing. We need you. Like, go watch your GCW. You know, like, you have to understand how much we pushed and pushed and pushed for you. Oh, I mean, I'm sure he'd just like to say hi and a thank you, but I, he should, he should at least shake hands with people who really did like really want him here. And then it happened and it's great. You know, he debuted in America. That's a huge thing. Well, he was like super friendly too. I did see him. I think it was after this show or maybe it was right before this show. Um, that's only one little negative thing. I'll kind of quickly, it has nothing to do with this match, but that's the one thing it, uh, I know a lot of people were kind of confused on and disappointed during this whole collective was because of the way they did the tickets and the shows back to back to back. Like as soon as the show ended, like they, they kind of kicked everyone out immediately. So it wasn't like after these shows, like the wrestlers come up on the rings and put their merch up and have their meet and greets and sell merch after the shows. This was like, you did that for like 10 minutes and then that was it. Like all the fans got kicked out and we had to go uh get in another line to get into the next show and um i did see man uh Darice out there and he was on the apron i don't think he was selling anything i remember him sitting on the apron just chilling and talking chilling, with man. a lot of people but also like taking a lot of photos and stuff um and i that's one thing i just wish they would have kind of gave a little bit more time for us to kind of meet up with the wrestlers around ringside like they normally used to or did but they did have a lot of stuff outside as well but even then like as soon as we all got pushed outside now we're causing causing uh a big clog and the foot traffic on the sidewalk on then then we they had to stop like i just wish there was a little bit more opportunity for these meet and greets and stuff like that. two ideas two ideas number one if you can present your whatever for the next show there should be a second line where you can get that double checked and then when the doors open the people have been checked can just go ahead and go back to their seat also number two the people who actually put up the money for the whole weekend anybody who has that color badge or the badge there whatever it is i didn't know which one it was why make them leave why why i mean if they're paying for every single show you can literally see physically they have a pass for the next one let them stay actually that would be a nice thing to do for people who put in all that money let them go talk to the wrestlers and merch why everyone else is fucking out in the parking lot yeah, that that no is idea. one. That's very, uh, one solution we heard too. Because like I had the badge, but then also before every show, you got a new wristband on all, on only yeah. on the shows that were sold out. You got a wristband, um, so that way I guess they could try to see like who's not who should be in here and who shouldn't be. But if if I had to think of one little thing, that I just wish there was more opportunities to catch some of these wrestlers. Because yeah, Maya Reed, a man like Darius, uh Well, at least Darius was out there. I didn't see Maya Reed out there at all, like selling merch and stuff. Or maybe I just missed it because. I just knew they were going to kick us out. So right after the show was over, I kind of just started heading back out there anyway so I don't get yelled at or forced out or anything like that. But this was an incredible match as well. One, I was very much looking forward to seeing all three of them. But every time I see Darius, I just re- I really wish that they would have brought Leon Slater too. Uh, that's, a, that's a tag team I really want to see uh, out here and in person and with GCW a lot more. But this is a good start to see Darius getting booked out here for for the culture and this match did not disappoint myron reed showed off like he always does kevin knight did i actually think i took a pretty cool video of like myron reed catching someone i think i forgot who he caught someone was going off the top rope for a splash onto somebody and myron reed caught them like with the cutter on the way down and that person splashed the person like that was such a great move i loved it um got you right here Darius goes for a frog splash but he misses as he's on the ground, Keith goes for his own frog splash. 
in midair, Myron hits a cutter on Keith as he's falling on the mat. Is that it? Uh, yeah. Ke- maybe, Kevin. maybe not. Yeah, Kevin, not Keith. <laughs> okay, Kevin, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the that's. Oh my gosh, spot. I put Keith. I think because we we're just oh. talking about Brian Keith. That's why. <laughs> and you, you with your uh, with the way you read your notes was probably late at night and doing it as well. Dude, you have no idea. Sometimes <laughs> these, it's the only time to really get quiet time. Right. So that's the. But okay. So what I'll say right here. What should be said, 0-1-2-1. Man like Doris is quick on the mic, and you add the accent, and it's sometimes hard to understand in America, but I like it. I'm nice. It's just really nice seeing Doris stateside. You were really looking forward to seeing Myron Reed, and I'm hoping you weren't disappointed because my real quote-unquote read on him and so on <laughs> is that he is deceptively strong. Yeah, I don't have another way to put it. The motherfucker, like he does not look like he can carry the weight he carries. Good for him. Yeah, he was impressive during the, like all three of them were. This was <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I've said, the last three out of five matches right now, like could have been match of the nights, and it, this was another incredible one. But Myron Reed, his quickness and strength, I enjoy. I'm glad they are kind of uh, acknowledging his past with. Um, Jordan Oliver in another company because I think he got thrown into a six person tag and he's teaming up with the East West Express with Jordan and Nick and they called it the Injustice Express and I'm so glad to see that uh, that as well for Mayan Reed and I hope him and Brian Keith and man like Darius a lot of these people from this show I really hope they stick around and become GCW regulars because I think they could just add so much more to what's not like saying like GCW needs more, like they have plenty, but I'm just saying, I think what they could bring, it could be so much different and refreshing and add so much more to these shows um, and these matchups that could happen that we haven't seen before in GCW. So Kevin Knight, we haven't had a chance to really talk about him yet. He's from the LA dojo, also known as jet or jet Knight. He needs to be spoken about more. I'm going to try to speak about him a little more here and there, but He's worth talking about. It's just we have a little bit of nostalgia, quote unquote, with Doris, and you have, you know, this love affair with Myron. He's that's one of your dudes. You know what I mean? So we were looking forward to those things, and then Kevin just being fucking solid just made it that much better. Honestly, uh, there was a spot where Kevin hit this, or I'm sorry, Myron hit a killer flatliner, and that's where I started to realize the kid kid is strong. He's a kid to me. Doris looks good in the match. I believe he had a gear upgrade since we last seen him. It looked really good. I don't know if you kind of noticed that or not, but yeah. Uh, Kevin Knight had tremendous physicality, very agile and strong. He has a great vertical. That's, of course, thanks to the dojo. That's just, it's hard to do over there and, and fantastic. Not a single slouch in this match. That's one thing I will say for sure. All three men are allowed enough space to show off their moveset. I really did delight, uh, like that a lot. There was another spot where Myron slams Kevin on Reese and covers Kevin. That was our final. So our winner in this one was Myron Reed. So you actually came up in my mind like a hundred times the minute he won this. I'm like, dude is so happy. I'm sure. I, I'm, that's why I'm actually kind of going right now, seeing if I could find uh, find the ending here. See if you see me jumping up and popping. Because I think that spot was like right in front of me, um, where where the ending happening. But I, I yeah, I was grinning ear to ear this match. Like all three of these competitors. Uh, especially Myron Reed, I have a uh, little favoritism towards, but um, Kevin Knight's one that I definitely, I, I saw him, one, oh yeah, right there, that cutter, so that was such a great ending, I love that mm-hmm. ending, man. I'm smiling just thinking about it right now, but Kevin Knight was one that I saw one time, and yes, I want to see 
way more of them. Probably not going to happen in GCW. At least I get to check him out more on uh, New Japan Pro and stuff like that. Because his, as you said, he's, he's got the strength, but his high flying and his quickness is... I'm a, like a big... That's why I really love Leo Rush is because of that stuff as well. I think Leo Rush could have... Um, I, I'll be talking about Leo Rush a little bit in the next matchup, but um, I think he, him and Leo Rush could have a lot of good matches. Same thing with Myron Reed and all these competitors. It was great, but... I did see my head pop up. You see my hands jump up. Not as much as it was uh-huh. when, yeah. uh, when a certain other title change happened later on at one of the other shows. But I was super happy at the, at that point of the night because it was late too. I was actually kind of, <laughs> I think I actually bought a Red Bull at that time. So I was actually just starting to get way more awake. And that one kind of shot my adrenaline up. Yeah. You were there when East West won, huh? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. I was. That, oh, man. That will be a danger talking point later on. When please we cover that please tell me that place erupted because it did sound. Cool oh, yeah. On TV. Yeah. Like that the place just boom. It felt like one of those ones like, hey, people have been waiting a long time for it. We finally got to see it. And this is what oh, happens. Nice. This is what happens when you reward the fans. The fans will reward the talent and the promotion back for making everyone happy. Hence wow. to certain other companies. <clears throat> So yeah, um, all three men though, they work their ass off. I would watch all three men again, a hundred percent. And Kevin, Kevin Knight, come on back, man. Love to see what he can do. Anybody that comes out of dojo, I got instant respect for. Add Leon Slater to that and you will have me. Yeah. You'll just take my money because I'll be all for that four-way matchup. Do we see Leon Slater this weekend? No. Oh, damn. That's I- an opportunity missed by Leon. Yeah. I'm thinking because I- if he was available... I'm sure he would have been booked on a sub, on several different uh, cards. There's a lot of companies that came in town. He would have definitely found a lot of work. I, I was shocked because, I mean, he has tag partners with Derice, and we got Derice and no Leon. I was disappointed, but who knows what the circumstances were. I'm just happy to be able to see Derice out here. Like I said, Kevin Knight, Myrie. There was a, like I was so happy to see all these talents I've never... There was over 20 names that I've never seen before that I've been dying to see, and I finally got to see for the first time live, and that just adds on to the incredible weekend that the collective was for me. Like, like I said, now thinking of now watching it back and thinking about what happened and what was going on during that's like, it's fun to think about because I enjoyed the folder culture show, but then I go to bed, I wake up and boom, I got four more shows the next day. So kind of all this stuff that happened this night kind of got thrown on the back burner in my memory, other than what I see on my phone. And I didn't get as much as I would like to on my phone because the damn storage units so, or storage. So, <laughs> available on it so um it is nice kind of going back and reviewing <laughs> it and watching it now and being able to relive all the fun stuff that i already quickly forgot and we will go into the main event of the evening as it is for the pan-african world diaspora wrestling world title that was a mouthful I hope, yeah well, that's right lot. That, is it was a diaspora i didn't hear it on did I announce it right? Yeah, Diaspora, Diaspora. I okay. mean, it's one or the other. I like to call it the P-A-W-D-W-W-T. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, dad joke. As the champion, Trisha Dora defends it <laughs> against Calvin Takeman. Once again, this is where Leo, Leo was supposed to be in Calvin Takeman's spot for this matchup, and I disappointed, but who knows, whatever reason why. I probably, like you said, there was a lot of travel issues I heard, too, of getting to and from shows. So, obviously, a lot of last-minute adjustments had to be made all over California or Los Angeles that weekend because of the traffic. But if for a suitable replacement, I wanted to see the beast Calvin Takeman going against Trisha Dora and seeing how Trisha Dora would hold her own against that. It was a very intriguing matchup. Definitely, David versus uh goliath and, uh and trisha dora i think was the perfect 
underdog to this story because she's been killing very underdog and she's been killing it on ring of honor like the new ring of honor she's been having incredible matchups there and showing why she did get signed by aw for ring of honor because she's i talk about all the talents like she definitely should be signed somewhere bigger and be getting a lot more bigger uh matchups with bigger television companies because she is an incredible talent and i i love her character she's got a very good uh crowd reaction crowd base and following behind her as well and throughout this whole match everybody was booing calvin tankman like no other and trisha this trisha dora definitely had the crowd behind her and um she definitely stepped up to the plate and had an incredible main event for for the culture all righty here so let me see what i have to say about this one right off the bat i hear fucking tupac that's tankman i i love to hear the music I love the entrance. I love knowing that Tankman's coming out. I'm a big fan. He's young. He does a lot of shit talking. He has a good personality. So another one, like I said, for me, it seems to be a heel is one of the things I like. And then interactive wrestlers, wrestlers that kind of interact back and forth with the crowd, kind of breaking those ropes down so that the people can kind of come in the ring with him. Love it. Hey, same side now with Tupac, Trisha Dora, she came out to the Lion King theme. I went, oh, no, that cannot be all of it. That, you know what I mean? Because I haven't watched her but a couple times. So I'm like, oh, no, come on, really? And then, of course, it kicks into Kendrick Lamar's Mad City. And that was like some crazy West Coast flavor between Kendrick Lamar and Tupac. We're talking about two of the most important pieces uh, of of West coast music that you can even ask for. I was raised on Tupac. I listened to Kendrick Lamar. So for me, I was just fucking losing it. I was so happy to hear mad city. Oh, that talk to me. That entrance music, everyone around us was like, we, where can we get that? Like everyone's like trying to hop on Spotify and they're like, where can we find that mashup? Yeah. That's like, that's mad. Everybody was talking. No, not just, Oh, they wanted the mashup. The mashup. Cause I, I never, when I watch a lot of independent wrestling, especially if it's like companies or names that aren't really GCW that I'm still, watching and learn about i know this is going to sound uh, counterproductive but because i'm watching like seven different wrestlings at one time <laughs> i usually have the sound off and it's muted so i'd miss a lot of these entrances or the finishing names and stuff like that and i've seen trisha Dora plenty and i've never heard that entrance music so this was my first time but that is her normal entrance music that that is awesome and fantastic i enjoyed it i was like the same way i'm like Really? The Lion King? And then they're like, okay, I'm vibing. Let's go. It's Kendrick Lamar. Like, this is cool. It was awesome. And I, I, a lot of people around me were definitely talking about how cool the entrance music was because it was, their, I think, their first time hearing it, obviously, as well. But it was definitely my first time, and it was incredible. So I'll go ahead and kind of kick into this thing, and we'll get going in the match here. So I, I did try to make a couple extra notes just because it was the main event, but... What I noticed here was that Trish started out hot. She had a surprise attack on Tankman. It was before the bell was rung. It was incredibly smart. If you're going to do anything, you don't want Tankman to get himself ready. You want to kind of knock him off track by taking him by surprise. Incredibly smart by the champ. I love hearing Calvin talk shit. I just recently said it, so I won't get further into it. But his personality won me over first. And again, he's young. And as a Haas, enjoy him now. His body isn't, you know, broken. And man, these young guys. It's not easy to carry a lot of weight. Also, something else I wanted to mention was that Tankman was originally going to go into uh, football. I don't know how much you knew about that. He ended up choosing wrestling instead, but um, he was recruited by several colleges and universities, and the wrestling was what kind of held his heart, so he did it. They did tell a decent story of chopping down a big man. I will say that 
She was constantly working on him. And Calvin did a great job of selling that. There was a spot where Adora was hitting him in the chest with her butt. And you could see us basically a fourth wall for a minute. You could tell he had enough of that shit and he pushed her off. If you really go back and watch it, it's kind of funny because he's like, all right, that's enough. So I will sell uh, at times her selling was so, so because it made Tankman strike look a lot weaker than they are. I think that's maybe 25% Tankman kind of making sure he takes it easy on her and 75% her kind of, you know, delivering that motion. Tankman was choked out, I believe, for the finish here. She did try to get her finisher in, but she couldn't get her hands around him to lock in. So I believe he passed out. So that was our winner in this match. Trisha Dora, she held on, she held on to her title. To me, it was somewhat of an awkward main event only because it looked like the champ had physically, realistically, chewed, like bitten off more than she could chew, especially with being unable to lift his leg during a cover or not being able to lock in one of her moves because she just can't get her arms around him because he's just a big guy. So, but that, you know, that's the, that's what makes wrestling interesting is it's not always going to be real. And they're trying to tell a David and Goliath story. And in that note, I would have to say they did a really good job with that. So I think everybody was happy with the main event. And then at the very end, Billy came out. So he wants a shot at the Pan-African title. I'll go ahead and leave that back to you. See what you have to say about this. Uh, I had the same feeling with the match. Uh, I loved how the great storytelling, David versus Goliath, as I said, too, and wearing down the big man. But then also that middle spot, Tankman got to show why he's the beast there and punish uh, Trish quite a quite a bit during this night. Uh, yeah, that finish, he didn't choke out. It was like the... I forgot what that move was called. She might even have a different name for it, but that butterfly, it's uh like just stretching of the arms. And yeah, the I really liked that the camera too did not kind of show, like the angle was perfect, yeah, yeah. but it didn't show that the hands weren't connected, but it yeah. still kind of Camera knew. Me. Yeah. The people who know, know, and for for those who didn't, they hit it well. Yeah, and it was like perfect show and like, hey, um, the shoe still had some leverage over there, but it, it was, uh, he actually verbally tapped. Like he was like, the referee's like, do you give up? Do you give up? And you see Kid Tank, but like, yes, yes, I give up. So that was like, I really enjoyed that because it kind of, I know it, uh, as you said, visually, it didn't look as clean as it probably uh, should have been or could have been. But I think him verbally tapping out told a better story because yes. he ended up fi- uh, having enough of her and she finally was able to break him down to, to pick up the victory. And I, I enjoyed the main event. Like I said, I really was looking forward to Leo versus Trish to see what kind of shit that was happened. Cause I think obviously oh the whole match would have been completely oh different pacing wise and everything, but Kit Tankman stepping up and filling in, uh, at the last minute, I think he did a great job of it. And they told a great story, um, during this match. Of well, I, I definitely enjoyed it. And Billy now is, yeah, next in line for, uh, the, the Pan-African world, Dysphoria wrestling world. The PAW, <laughs> the PAW, DWWC. And I, I feel bad. Yeah. Like, I, I just didn't listen to it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to like laugh and make fun of it. I just, I did not listen to how they announced it. And I, it's I, hard to say. I just haven't had time to rewatch it. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm glad you get a chance. Just check it. The out. belt looks cool though. I really enjoyed how the belt oh, the, looks. The, P, awesome. the PAW, DWWT belt. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And yeah, him, I, will, I can't say that without laughing. And Billy, okay. yeah, going against Trish, I'm absolutely on Trish's side, as we said. Like, uh, Trish is another one of these ones. I guess she, I don't know if she fully is signed for Ring of Honor, but she's definitely been showing up on all their shows and showing out. So, 
Um, I think she probably has a very similar contract to all these other people that we see still wrestling on the independent scenes while making time to go in and record for Ring of Honor. And she absolutely deserves it because she's been a name I know that a lot of people talked about for a long time. And it's kind of nice seeing her getting her flowers now at this time. Keep working hard. It pays off. And that is it for GCW's For the Culture. Like I said, I and this was awesome. I very much think this was one of those sleeper shows. Um, And I think in-ring actions and the way the stories were told, I put it up there as one of my favorites of the weekend as well. Uh, Even though, like, a lot of everyone's going to say the Joey Janela or the Lucha. Like, yeah, that's up there, but... I really think that this show, especially being at midnight till going till almost two thirty, um, and the crowd, the crowd was awesome too. It was loud, and I did kind of die out near the end a little bit. I did look around after, like I forgot which match. Everyone started to leave, but for the crowd that did stay, uh, they were tired. loud. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I was tired too. As soon as that match ended, like I think I was, mm-hmm. I was walking out of the up the stairs, and I, that's when I saw Billy come out, and I was like, oh shit, what's happening? And then. They just did their thing and then walked away. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving. Like I didn't at stakes. I was tired and getting ready for the next day. But the crowd was pretty hot. Like, especially during that West coast versus the world stuff like that. (laughs) I was like, just looking around, just like enjoying like, and it was like all like obviously friendly, but it kind of felt also kind of like with the little hip hop beef, the East coast, West coast. Like that's how Uh like they were saying it with some bass in their tone. And it's like, no, like we're the best coast motherfuckers. <laughs> and it was just very nice to look around and join uh, people representing their, their location and how much, how into the match they were. And both sides on that match specifically had great talent. And this whole show had great talent. I do want to see a lot more of them on not just GCW programming, but in other companies as well. And I think this is, uh, like I said, Brian Keys on West coast pro And I don't know if this is his first time uh, on West coast pro or if he's wrestled there before, but it is nice seeing them branching out to all these different companies and all these companies taking notice of all the great talent because this card definitely had a lot that I want to see a lot more of. West Coast. West Coast. Next show we are going to cover is Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. It was the first show on the second day of The Collective. This one had quite a few more names that the GCW related to GCW specifically a little bit more, and they kind of did couple little things storytelling throughout uh, a couple of these matches that would lead into um gcw uh product but not a lot and we got a lot of familiar faces though during this event and that's why we were going to cover this one last as as well it's from the ucc in la and it was the early early show i think it was like at 11 o'clock it was if i'm not mistaken and i was still waking up i actually got here like right at as like the door time started <laughs> i walked right in so it was hell yeah Kind of perfect timing for me uh, for this one. And uh, Patreon member, you still getting in and out the door pretty quick? Um, yes. And actually, I don't even remember if there was a Patreon line. I think it was just if you had a badge line or not. So since I had like the first row, first. Uh, but I did see other people like just walk up and say, like, hey, they're Patreon. And they did get in front of the, the general like before everyone else that didn't have a. That's what they did one. to us when we were there. Yeah, so I think they were still honoring that stuff, but we were actually put in different lines if we had the badge, and um, for all the shows already, and um, yeah, so that I, that did help out because I was able to sneak right in as well, and uh, yeah, that was a good way to start off the Friday, uh, Saturday, no Friday morning show, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Friday uh, morning, Saturday, mor- was Friday it Friday morning, Friday morning, yeah. The Saturday was. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. dude. Saturday was uh, the only two shows that was, uh, yeah, so that was Friday morning shows. And um, 
yeah, a lot of familiar names. And the first match of the evening is a seven-man scramble as it's Lucas Riley, Bro uh, Brogan Finley, Teriyaki, MBM, Man Like Doris, Bobby Flacco, and Midas Creed. And a lot of familiar names we enjoy. Like I said, I'm always happy to see Doris and Teriyaki as well as uh, Midas Creed. Because uh, um, Midas Creed, we kind of know a little bit more locally. And with like the West Coast pros shows and stuff like that. Well, this actually reminded me of something because here we went with Teriyaki and Man Like Doris again. Uh, especially Bobby Flacco. We talk back and forth a lot, funny thing. But uh, get out to these shows, these ones that you think are more like the B shows, the smaller shows. Get out of them. Get to them if you want to meet the performers. Because sometimes those shows are the ones where people are walking around and watching. And, you know, they don't get... They're more inclined to get out and walk around when there's sometimes just a couple less people. So I just wanted to mention that you're, you're missing a great opportunity sometimes to meet some people when um, you're not at those, what's considered like a smaller show. Also, I was noticing you and several others, like there are podcasters in the crowd, locals from the Las Vegas area, Screwball was there. Um, some friends that you've made from the show, I see them showing up. I'm starting to realize I know like one quarter of the front row of the, you know, the crowd. It's just, it's, it's nice. Yeah. And this show, I actually had uh, Jordan Castle's dad uh, sit next to me for pretty much most of the show. So I was able to uh, sit there and kind of talk to him about Jordan, how we kind of, I knew of Jordan before he was even really a uh, announcer. He was just, just a fan standing in GA with us at the shows and uh, yeah. seeing kind of how seeing him go from that to now ring announcing in front of our faces on the collective weekend, the biggest wrestling weekend of the year as a pretty awesome wow. to see and tell. And, and I was explaining some of the, as the talent that he might not be uh, well known or not know so well, because he only catches, I think all the shows that his sons are at. So I was able to describe to him like who Bodie is. We know him out in Vegas, the 15 year old who Teriyaki is, who's Doris. So it was nice to be able to kind of explain uh, some of these wrestlers to him and, uh, See, and he was actually super into the shows as well, which is always fun to see. Yeah, it's really hard to see somebody go to this live show and not be, you know, interested in some form at one way or another. So <laughs> I'll get right into it here. We were just talking about our boy, Bobby. He came out on a fucking scooter. Did you see he saved from a crash against the wall? I think he, that's when he I think he <laughs> sped by me and went the other way, yeah. like towards yeah. the wall. And I think, yeah, I think didn't he just hop off the scooter and the scooter still ran into the wall, though? I think think that he might have been close to like he didn't want to get close to hitting a lady so he just jumped off the shit and, oh, okay. i don't know i have to go back and watch it i remember when i looked up he was like whoa standing there and you could see the bike go bam up against the wall so, <laughs> i don't know but um did you catch Lucas brogan, Riley? sorry did you catch bro uh brogan finley shirt did you, uh, you know what okay off the top of my head no but i believe it's in my notes tell me about it the bloody uh the bloody billy stark shirt that we kind of yeah, did. so That's it was cool. made a shirt. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, seeing him wear it was pretty pretty cool and fun to see as well. Okay, so it's not like it was our idea, but a long time ago, for anybody who's just now listening, we were talking about how the minute she got busted open, we reviewed the show. I'm like, we need to put that on a T-shirt. Her bloody looks really good because she has the blue eyes and like the pale face, so the red looks good. Uh, outside of the blue eyes... The pale face and the and the red looks good on Cole Radrick also. So it's something about that look just, you know, and then if you can play up how much it hurts and stuff, it always looks fantastic. But yeah, it's kind of funny how that came around again. And he was the one who caused the injury. 
and to get her bloodied it was during their oh. match and now they're dating like it's it's pretty cool like wow. full circle that shirt and uh him coming out wearing it was pretty uh like i said full circle to kind of see it all come together i had no idea how interesting oh so lucas riley i just wrote down here that he has a decent polished move set it was nice seeing a lot of the guys we originally seen as locals rising to the top i kind of know i put that in earlier but with people like flacco and Midas Creed, just some of these people like Teriyaki. It was really nice to see these people show up again on the other coast and really put it down because they're becoming favorites slowly. And um, I just need to see another thing is I need to see more of MBM out of Belgium. I just can't make a judgment yet, but what I'd seen was promising. So I'm not really, I'm going to hold back on that one before I go any further. The match really did revolve a lot around Teriyaki, Flacco, and Therese. And I didn't really get to see enough Midas Creed in this one. I'm just complaining. I didn't have the finish, but our winner here is Teriyaki. I think it was a fantastic opener. And once again, I just could not go move by move because there was so much going on. And again, this is kind of a quicker recap than usual. So I'm, I'm happy Terry won. I would have been happy with a lot of the people that we're really more familiar with that's on the come up kind of take a win. Yeah, and I'm trying to look up real fast. I think that's Teriyaki's first win in GCW. In GCW? I'm not a thousand percent. Yep, he's hmm. had ten matches. That was his first win. And no kidding. Yeah, I remember like uh, as it happened, I kind of popped big time. I was finally happy to see him because I, I, I off the top of my memory at that show, I couldn't remember if he did win or not. But being able to see him win in person was a cool feeling, and glad to see him do it. And I think I got my scrambles mixed up between the last scramble and this one. This is the one, yeah, where he really went off because he won, but he also got to show all his uh, his moveset and fancy moves. And as you said, they kind of felt like the match revolved around him. I talked about that at the last on, on the For the Culture one, but I think I got it mixed up. It was this one he really got to show out on. And it was nice seeing Mandarin, especially after wrestling the night before, as late as he did, waking up uh, like we all had to the next morning and come out and uh, mm-hmm. rest on the scramble was int- uh, fun to see, too. But it just shows you like how hard a lot of these workers really work. Like I, I just kind of go back to speedball wrestling, 10 different matches with 10 different crazy competitors, all different settings and match types and literally wrestling in your gear, hopping in a car, go to the next show. Like it was just nonstop and seeing it kind of happen in front of me with Doris and Teriyaki since they wrestled at that last midnight show. Um, it was impressive to see. It just shows like how much they really are into their product and willing to risk their bodies for it. Cause I couldn't imagine wrestling after like six hours sleep. I couldn't even like, it's kind of hard for me to sit and watch a wrestling show after six hours of sleep without a couple Red Bulls and waking fully the hell up. Okay. So I'm starting to look up and down this card quite a bit, but for sure what I'm starting to see is almost every person in this show is 25 and under. I mean, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking here. Uh, huh. I don't know how old the best bros are. I'm not really sure. They're out of Choco Pro Japan. Oh my so. God. That, we got, I got a lot to say Pro. about them later. They were fun. Okay. Uh, Bobby Orlando, Sawyer Rec, Young, Starboy Charlie, Alec Price, Young, Bodie, Bodie, uh, Young Prodigy, Jimmy Lloyd, Young, Sandra Moon, Kenzie Page, Young, Jack Cartwheel, Hunter Drake, Young, Titus Alexander, Cole Radrick. And then the match we have now, all young. There is a lot of future talent. Honestly, I would have liked to have known that maybe ahead of time. I'm just now grasping that this was a showcase for young talent. And and that's what Jimmy did mention when he announced his match against Bodie. He said, this is kind of like whenever I've had these Degeneration F shows, 
they've always been for that purpose to give these young talents a, a bigger platform because they've they're like he loves giving them the young great talents platform like i know he used to give it to marcus mathers all the time and uh dylan yeah. mckay on old on these old z generation f shows and uh yeah all, all these uh talents were at least under 30 i saw like one of the best bros was over 20 as he was 27 i think bobby Orlando was 26 but 30 there and under go. this is yeah i didn't even really notice it watching it other than what jimmy said but yeah going back and now actually thinking about it yeah this whole card is incredible young talent from pretty much all over the country and with mbm yeah. all over the world bringing him in so uh good for jimmy lloyd to do that too i really enjoy when jimmy's able to kind of act outside the whole jimmy lloyd character and shows what he really understands and appreciates about the business and it's given these uh the young talent the platform and time to showcase their skills okay no lie when you hear generally we're gonna have a showcase of young talent most people are gonna be like oh seriously they're gonna be like oh okay what's really nice is all of these names are recognizable and all of them in one way or another, I could name why they're individually as good as they are. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go down the list, but you know, Titus Alexander, he's got his own things that are just fantastic. Cole Radrick, fantastic in his way. It's just, it was well put together and I don't know who helped put it together. Cause I, you know what I mean? But yeah, Hunter Drake, Jack Hartwheel, geez, Louise. A lot of good work on here and it's so nice to see so much talent in the younger ranks already features bright and like i think i know i harp on teriyaki but his improvement like even from like the night before in that scramble to what he did in this scramble was they, mm -hmm. maybe because he had a little bit more time to show off as he was the winner and the match kind of did revolve around him a little bit more but every single time he's pulling out some incredible like crazy high flying move that I'd never seen him do before and he's just adding on to it and he's looking a lot more smooth each and every time he's in the ring so uh, very glad I was able to see him pick up a victory especially his first one in GCW live and in person okay because they're on the card and because you mentioned it and I wanted to mention it again you know who else is up and coming and really seen improvement over the last year do you know who it is is it during the bang this match bros. oh bang bros the bang bros yeah match eight they're another one that just yeah. yeah i want you to talk about it a little bit because really i kind of did that on purpose i wanted to hear what you kind of had to say just seeing like that their their uh the their finishing maneuver and how fast mm -hmm. they could get into it and how fast it moves and just like the the roll one yeah the, the, the i forget what it's called i think it's the bang bus like it's it's pretty yeah. fun watching like because yeah because they i was seeing it in person they just like Boom, 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 catch each other, roll. Like it's just so smooth. And it looks like there's there, I mean, not looks like there is a lot of different moving pieces in that move, but they you could tell they've perfected it in whatever time they've had as a tag team, as young competitors, because it's was ran so smooth and I enjoyed uh watching it live and in person seeing it happen because it's just crazy <laughs> just seeing the locomotive move like that. And that will lead us into our second matchup of the evening as Titus Alexander goes against Cole Radrick. And this one, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good one. Talent talent levels picked up quite a bit here. Uh, first time seeing Titus Alexander all weekend, so I was super excited. And him against Cole Radrick, I thought was going to be a fun one, and it definitely did it disappoint. And this is where it kind of you could tell... It stepped up the pacing of the match, uh, especially for one-on-one. -on -one, it was a... Um, Cole Radrick had a weekend, too. I think we give Speedball a lot of good shit, but Cole, I think, had a lot of crazy, fun 
um, moments that stood out a lot throughout all the action that I saw this week, especially like this match against Titus. Yoshiko obviously main event of that show was <laughs> impressive. Main event with Yoshiko. Yeah, that, that one's impressive enough. That there was a lot of thought put into that is the best I can say. About <laughs> he, I mean, people may go, oh, you know, he's doing it. A lot of thought was really put into it. And when we get to that time, I'll definitely talk about it for sure. Yeah. But this match was good. I could, this one felt like a GCW show. This started off like yeah, the young, young scramble, young talent in that scramble, and then now some more GCW regular names, and the action felt like a traditional GCW show. So Titus has awesome colors on his trunks. I hardly ever, but yeah, I kind of mentioned it more than usual. I'm a big fan of that. For some reason, the color and all of that, the usage of that, it's part of the art. It's part of the whole performance. So. Yeah, he had like black with this deep purple. It looked awesome. I put in here that Titus has potential to be in a developmental system within WWE. He's also someone who would be a good fit as one of Mason's mercenaries. He's young and could use the experience. I put that Cole is also a good opponent for Titus. They have similar size and completely different styles. One way they are similar, though, they both have ground style attacks and not a lot of high flying. So it was kind of interesting to see that when you have two people boots on the ground, almost similar. Um, Similar conditions, but as the match went on, I just want to say it was very evenly matched and I really did enjoy it. Overall, they ended up being Cole as the winner. He hit little Sebastian's curse on Titus Alexander and there was no belt on the line. I think Titus Alexander has one of the West Coast Pro belts. Don't quote me on that. I I think I know he won like that tournament. I know the cup. Um, but I don't know if he has belt. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have fallen a little bit behind on West Coast. There's about three shows I think I'm behind. But I do. Uh-huh. I think I do remember him carrying a belt in that company. Maybe he. I mean, he should be. He's. I think, as you mentioned, one of the most uh, talented young and up and comers. That I. I know if he went to WWE, absolutely, he'd have to go through development. But I think he'd fit in with Ring of Honor, like how Billy Starks had just stepped right in and. I, and yeah. like it looks like she belongs there. I think given the platform, Titus would have that same feeling if he stepped into a Ring of Honor rink. He would absolutely own it and just show everybody that that's where he belongs right now. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go with you there. I think AEW would be a great spot for him. Um, but I just put that the looks um, are WWE-esque to a degree. Where I could, I don't know. I've seen a couple people like him, I think, in WWE over time. And it kind of reminds me. I don't have names off the top of my head. He, the good news, he'll fit in both systems easily. He'd also fit in the Japanese system quite easily. Oh, he's, he's got all upside. The only reason wrestling will quit him is because he decides to quit wrestling. Yeah, his, his I think, I know Nick Wayne gets all the praise, and I, I mean, I do like Nick Wayne too, but I honestly think ready-made right now, who's more closer to TV time, it's definitely Alex, Titus Alexander, in my opinion. Hmm. Good call. but. Oh, okay. It's just nice seeing Titus and GCW again. That's I'll put that out there like that because every now and then I have to fish around to find him and it's nice to see him over here. And I don't know if we even talked about anything that happened during the match or not, not to be honest with you. <laughs> no, no, no. Basically what I did was just give some impressions oh, okay. because I was kind of keeping it light on the review because we're doing two for one kind of deal. I didn't know if you accidentally so deleted it. That's so I was like, uh, or did I tell oh, I accidentally <laughs> delete all kinds of shit. So who knows? But yeah, this was a fun, like, I love Titus Alexander when he does that fake, I'm going to throw you, or throw you into the stands. He tells everybody to move. Like, even during this one, I, I knew right away, like, he, he's like, everybody move, move. And like, he was going to throw Cole 
And I like, I, was, I just stood there. I'm like, I'm not moving. I know you ain't going to throw him. <laughs> and like, everyone's all moving. I'm just like, don't do it. He's not going to throw him. And I, I love when he does fucks with the crowd that way. That's like a perfect heel. And I think the way he runs his character as a heel is light years ahead of his age. Like he's kind of like Charles Mason. He knows exactly what to do to get underneath the fan skin and to get the crowd reaction to boo the shit out of him. Even when he's so good and talented in the ring, we want to cheer for him. Uh, he knows when to be a douchebag and an asshole and fuck with us and get us to boo him. And I think that's what makes him so great. I just go back. I, I go back to that tournament and West Coast pro. He had like the incredible run and like the fans were cheering for him throughout the entire tournament and he won the tournament and like, I appreciate you guys. I'd, I'd like to like to say thank you to absolutely fucking no, like the Conor McGregor, like <laughs> fuck you on. I didn't do this Love for it. you guys. This was for me. And like, was because like, I actually thought maybe it was going to be a, a face turn for him because the crowd was just so over. He was so over with the crowd and they were cheering for him and happy for him. I loved how he was able to get them back into where he wanted them in his, uh, in the palm of his hand. That's right. Right. The ship. Yes. That's what he was trying to do. I love so, it. So the same thing then on Cole Radrick, he's over on the other side of this thing. So I'll kind of mention this just for a minute and it's not Cole specific, but there were a lot of performers. I don't know if I told you this, a lot of performers that were having problems getting to different shows around LA because getting an Uber is so difficult, I guess. So I don't know what the wait time was, but they were saying it was three, four, five times the normal wait time as they were trying to jump between shows. Some of these performers almost missed other shows because they were trying to get back and forth to the point to where they would order their Uber right after they were done with their shit. And then just wait for it. And sometimes that's half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, they were saying, to get an Uber to come over to him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I, I think maybe that's what, I don't know if, like, injury or whatever happened with Leo. I, like, I was saying during that, like, I know I heard a lot of uh, similar situations of wrestlers, like, being their their matches. And the whole match order's getting moved around and the timings of the matches yes. getting shortened or extended to fill in for a... These two people are here. We're going to be a match short on our card. You guys got to extend your matches. Um, I know that was a big train wreck, and I think that just comes along with running your shit in LA. So, uh, but yes. for the most yeah. part, it looks like everything that was announced for a lot, not everything, a lot of the majority of every match that was announced at every card that so far that I've been watching and seeing yeah. has happened, except like the one really big one for me was like the Leo Rush. And um, I think there was another one on one of the other two cards, uh, the last episode we did. I just can't. Think of it off the top of my head, but I mean, for the most part, I think the talent, the promoters, and the Uber drivers and taxis and everyone else kind of did their best, and for the most part, I think knocked it out of the park in that situation. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you about this one. I was really happy with it, and it was just a nice, again, another nice showcase of young talent. And I don't know if we did announce the victory, but Cole did pick up Cole Radrick. Yep. Yes, Cole Radrick did pick up the victory uh, with little Sebastian Curse on Titus Alexander for the victory. The next matchup of the evening, the third one, is Hunter Drake going against Jack Cartwheel, and I was super excited to see Jack Cartwheel. I thought he kind of had the potential to have a lot of the most impressive performances of the whole collective because how much he's in improved as well over these last few months working with triple a and uh gringo loco all around the country um it's been nice seeing jack cartwheel improve i know we didn't cover the toronto show that's that's one we might still go back and kind of cover or maybe that just will slip through our cracks but i'll make i'll make mention of it now just in case we don't make some slip through your crack 
<laughs> I ain't slipping anything through my crack. Well, you better ask me first. Uh huh. See, there's that dead that air. He's losing his shit right now. Okay. 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 So I'll go. You you good? Yeah, I'm go? good. You want me to go I just ahead and talk? Make, I, right. I'm good. I just wanted right. to make just in case we don't cover that Toronto show. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happened during that one. I know. That was the last one we were supposed to cover before the collective. But Jack Hartwell's one-on-one match with Gringo Loco had one of the more impressive spots I've seen yes. in wrestling where uh, Gringo Loco standing on the outside and or standing on the apron on the outside of the ropes. And um, Jack Hartwell does his like the cartwheels from one side of the ring to the other. And it looked like he was going to try to hit a poison Rana to the outside onto Gringo. But Gringo caught it and kept his balance and held Jack Cartwheel on his shoulders. And I forgot what move they even did to the outside, but just the catch of Jack's momentum, absolutely jumping outwards Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to land on Gringo's shoulder and to Gringo to not fall off the ring, not drop Jack Cartwheel, but catch him cleanly was so impressive. Like I literally forget what move he did to Jack Cartwheel on the outside. I think there wasn't there like a table, I believe, or door set up on the outside and then like drove him through uh, the door table to the outside of the ring, and I, but just the catch was incredible enough. Oh yeah, because that's so tough to do with Jack Cartwheel doing his three cartwheels and then jumping to do a poison runner and you catch him. I thought that was impressive, but that just I that was one of the best matches one on one I've seen Jack Cartwheel have was the match against Gringo Loco, and I know, like I said, I just wanted to mention he's been on such an incredible tear, but that was one of the and both that was the most impressive match I've seen from Jack Cartwheel in his GCW career. Okay, so we'll start with Jack Cartwheel. The name here we're looking at is Archibald Cartwheel. So Jack's grandfather was named Archibald Cartwheel. He invented the cartwheel, interestingly enough. Not the so, hell, really? Yes. So okay. he, they originally wanted to call it the Archwheel because his name is Archibald. But because of the fact that it looks like a wheel on an actual cart, they called it the Cartwheel. Isn't that interesting? That uh, that's yeah. You're t- I'm, you better I'm, check I'm it. Checking right it. Now. I'm looking it up right now. I'm not th- not that I'm doubting you. I'm okay. saving. Okay, I'm so saving I'll... it for like a bookmark so I can read it later because I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome because yeah, like I said, every episode you teach me something here that I've never known about and I've learned quite a yeah. few. Did even you look off- up Archibald Archibald Cartwheel? I didn't look up Archibald. Up? I just typed in Jack Cartwheel. That's all I really typed in, and now um uh, I see like nine things you didn't know about Jack Cartwheel. So I'm looking it up right now. And seeing yeah, so but I'm save I'm saving it for later. I don't want to distract it from the podcast, but that's incredible. I never knew that. Yeah, it's just one of those funny little things, I guess. That yeah. Anyway, that's cool. I never heard that before. Yeah. All right. So let's go over to Hunter Drake. Hunter was trained by Doctor Tom Pritchard, nonetheless. <laughs> Hunter Drake also goes by the Beaver Boy, but you know, <laughs> um, I do think he's out of Alabama. I do see, I do like seeing these guys like from the deep South and shit get into LA and work in LA because in, in earlier times, it would be really rare for someone like him to come out of their region and come over and work in LA. It just, it wouldn't be easy. You'd have to find somebody who'd want to take you over there. You'd have to have a gimmick that would be accepted in LA. So it's fantastic in that sense. Um, it was a very flippy affair. That's one thing I could say for sure. Between the two of them, you have cartwheel and then you have Drake doing his thing. Okay, we need to get Hunter a sandwich and some barbells. That boy is slender. If he gets himself out of that slender category, it's going to make everything he does more believable, and he's going to look damn better doing it. 
He's got every other single piece of the puzzle. I mean this in the best of ways. He has almost everything else. The problem is his impacts just aren't the way they should be. You know, he'll run the ropes and the ropes don't bend as much as they should. Things like that. Get a sandwich, my man. You'll be good. I think he has everything else in place. Both men worked really well together and put on an entertaining match. Cartwheel was in control most of the time. And our winner ended up being Cartwheel in this one. He had a space flight cartwheel drop into a shooting star press. And that was a mouthful, man. And that was the condensed. <laughs> I, that, I, I'm right there with you, Hunter Drake, at this moment. You don't have to agree. No, but, you no I, I, no, okay. what you said about Hunter Drake, exactly how I feel. And that's kind of what, not that I've sour on, but not like I don't like him. For me, I think I don't like him as much as I could because I think, yeah, he kind of just looks a little, not like, not impactful when he's doing the rest. I mean, Jordan kind of was looked a lot like that. That's too a when great he first way to started. put it. It doesn't make it as impactful. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect way to put it because that you want that believability. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I'm when I think it's well, one of the other matches coming up later when we talk about Bodie, the 15 year old, like very similar. Like he, like Hunter's good in the ring. Looks like he's polished. And he, uh, I've the first time I saw him was the the backyard show against Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I, I like literally when I saw that matchup, I was like, this was Jordan when he first started with the skinny and needed to eat big breakfast. And then Jordan ate that, that started eating breakfast. But you know what I'm saying? Like they used to call him big breakfast because he needed to put on some weight and some muscle and stuff like that. And that's what I kind of feel watching when Hunter Drake with his match against Jordan was a very similar, like just starting and getting, uh, starting out your career and like you're finalizing and like freshening up your moveset and, getting all that stuff figured out. And then once you get that stuff and you can start now working on your body and working on your character and working on all these other little things in wrestling, I think Drake, there is a future in him, right? Uh, and there's going to be a future for him. But like right now for me, I, I just sour a little bit because as you said, just the moves don't look as impactful or sometimes believable um, depending on the matchup. And he still is a little green. Like there's one spot here, like he, like Jack Hartwell was going to do the faint uh, flip to the outside, but Drake was supposed to kind of come up and hit him, but totally mistimed it and faked it out. I that one stood out just a little. They happen, yeah, yeah. That oh, one just stood did. out yeah. real bad because I was like standing right there and it was like didn't look uh, as good. But then gotcha. he, he, but then two seconds later, I forgot all about it until like I don't even I mentioned it because I just watched it now. But like literally watching it, I forgot all about it because two seconds later he gets Jack and does like a destroyer from the or code red from the outside yeah. in and boom, that's such a cool move and he hit it flawlessly and i forget about the mess up so i absolutely think given some time with hunter drake i'm gonna he's gonna grow on me a lot more because i can see a lot of similarities with jordan oliver and still just kind of growing up and figuring out the sport and working on one thing and then improving it and then get working on your body next and improving it i that's what jordan's like was big thing like over the last year is when we've seen the body um go from the skinny to uh, getting bigger, but not really defined muscle. Now, like you tell with all that gym work, he's defined, and I think that has completed his character. And given time, I could see the same thing happening for uh, Hunter Drake. But um, Jack Hartwell did a very good job of also uh, helping Hunter Drake look as uh, good during this match as well. And that will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening as Kenzie Page goes against Sandra Moon. I could not remember if I've seen Kenzie Page before or not. I think um wasn't 
No, I have not seen Kenzie Page. I was thinking of someone else. Kenzie Page, I've never seen before. Obviously, Sandra Moon, we know her. She's probably what the one of the best female wrestlers out here in Vegas. Um, and all these different promotions too. And she's uh, getting recognized and we're wrestling on dark on, uh, impact wrestling ring of honor. I think she just wrestled for ring of honor over this weekend on the pre-show, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't know about Kenzie page and the size difference right away was what stood out to me. And Mm -hmm. she's got a lot of attitude. Like I think now I'm like thinking out, maybe we saw her on one of these G uh, settlement series shows. I'll go back and watch, uh, look for it real fast. Oh, I'm I'm sure. But she's I'm her sure. attitude. The name looks familiar. Like, I want to say she came out with um, Dylan McKay. Or not Dylan McKay. Um, uh, Dylan McQueen. Is that his name, right? From, uh, look it up. Yeah, I'm going to look yeah, it up. That is, yeah. yeah, I was looking at something online, too. It was looked like Dylan McKay and uh, Dylan McQueen. Jeez. Yeah. Dylan McQueen and Effie were kind of having some kind of a bad about something with booking over the weekend know much about it and i don't know if it's really true or they were just having fun with each other we actually saw kenzie page earlier this year <laughs> wrestle against billy starks for the gcw oh, really? versus new South. so yeah so we have seen her recently uh, again uh GCW oh, a couple different two? times uh versus new south huh. with the uh, wow. so Drake sorry kenzie well and so the sorry. settlement series yeah she is the uh, she was the tag partner from dylan mcqueen because now once i like uh once I actually got to see the name in front of me, like I remember putting it with Dylan McQueen and she was the one that had a lot of attitude that Dylan McQueen kind of had to hold back from because she was the one who wanted to start all the fights and Dylan McQueen's like, hold on, hold on. We're not yet. The match hasn't started yet. Calm down. So I don't have match times on this one. I actually did my notes live. And again, they're very abbreviated. So I'm going to give them to you as light as they are and you can do what you want to with them. But I have Kenzie out. She looks at the ring and she looks at Sandra and she goes, who is this? which I thought was pretty funny. Again, that's the, that's the attitude working, but moon is a Las Vegas local. And like you said, she's one of the better ones out of Las Vegas. That's for sure. Emil and Sean did a lot of work to make this match sound and look good. If you go back and watch it on TV, B yeah. Now, yeah. Now again, it might just be TV, but they said the fans are mildly into it. That's really what it sounded like to me. I have lots of misses. Um, dude, you might want to go watch this on, on, yeah. Kudos to Kenzie for getting through it is what I put because Sandra was having just a rough time. I, I don't know why. Uh, I, dude, <laughs> our winner is Sandra Moon. And back to you. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm so sorry, my friend, but you have to understand I can't cover up shit on this one. It wasn't typical Sandra Moon. Kenzie did her best to make sure that the match got reeled back in. Well, I, I, the things I remember during this match was really mostly Ken, uh, Kenzie Page's attitude and like we kind of talked yeah, about talking and to the none crowd. of that you can hear on TV. Okay, so none of it. That's all. So we lost say. her character. Yeah, so I was about to say she was talking nonstop throughout this entire match uh, and talking shit yeah. too. It was so funny. Even when she was getting her ass whooped, she's like, "You got." I think on one move, I think like Sandra hit a suplex. Like, um, she like was holding her head and like I heard like you got lucky like kind of thing like she's yeah, still like yeah. even talking shit as uh, she's supposed to be selling but um, Sandra Moon's really known for her strikes as well like I know she kind of does the the kicks like how her brother Laz does when uh, they kind of do looks like the the small package but then they hold the hands and like do like the reverse mule kicks up at the face and <laughs> and the neck and area and uh, I love when she does that because like sometimes they really do connect and I've seen. Uh, some of hers connecting, like her brother's connecting with some of these wrestlers, and I'm like, ooh, that you're gonna have a receipt coming there because you just really popped them in the nose. And 
she don't care though. She's a she's a really good striker. I believe in. Um, off of memory, I don't. I didn't think anything bad about this match, but now I will have to go back and watch it just to kind of see how it played off on TV. Um, I just remember it was a little bit shorter than expected, given uh, it was the fourth match of the evening. And, yeah. Um, but I was kind of glad that. Oh, I was very glad that Sandra Moon won since we know of her. But I could see Kinsey. I think she'd be a good like manager or a tag partner given what the okay like, that's a perfect... manager you put her with a man the talking and have her yeah. down there and talking shit to all the fans people would go nuts I, from what i remember i didn't mind the like the actual wrestling of her but i just think the, the size kind of threw a lot off of especially going against sandra moon who's showed way bigger larger than her yeah way yeah. bigger than kenzie and um that's horrible our, our review on this sounds horrible but we are really trying to get what we can out of this but i really enjoyed her on work with dylan, Mc, uh, dylan mcqueen like i said once i looked it up just now and yeah they, i, I, I thought they should have been a tag head. team they did in gcw like the settlement no 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 i mean they should have legit been a tag team they should have rolled in try to take on bussy they should have really done or they could have had laz come out with sandra and had laz and sandra go against dylan mcqueen uh, yeah, Dylan McQueen and Kenzie. That would have been a good one. Awesome. I know Laz is getting some uh, big spots in uh, these other companies as well, like around uh, around the West Coast. Nice. I didn't. Uh, going off memory, I don't didn't have anything too bad to say. That I just was impressed with Kenzie's like attitude with her character and stuff. But the size difference kind of made it a little uh, tough with some of these maneuvers. And Sandra Moon, I'm just glad she was able to pick up the victory on this stage for GCW. That will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening, <laughs> as it is Jimmy Lloyd going against oh, BYP, Bodie Young Prodigy, and we will go over here, like very similar to the Kenzie page. Bodie's 15. He's a legit 15-year-old mm-hmm. kid out here in Vegas. He actually, my son, does uh, the wrestling school out here at FSW, and Bodie, that's where he mostly was, and but he's he got so good he started training with the adults, and he still was, comes down and uh, about a couple times a month, and will help teach the class with the kids and teach them everything he's learned because he is a solid fifteen year old wrestler. But size wise, it makes it a little bit unbelievable with some of these moves and stuff like that to uh, have a fifteen year old kid that I gonna assume maybe just barely over a hundred pounds is pulling off these moves against Jimmy Lloyd, but. His smoothness is Titus Alexander, like I want to say. Now, I think Nick Wayne is a little bit more smoother than Titus, but I think uh, he's kind of like a mix. Yeah, like he's smooth like Titus, but definitely has a body like Nick Wayne, except at 15 years old and maybe drop about a foot on on height. But Bodie is young. Like Young Prodigy is a perfect name because I really think as he grows into his body, as much as he understands the wrestling game and he's able to do some incredible moves and still have the smoothest in the ring. I really haven't seen too many botches from him other than when it's trying to lift heavier competitors. That's just going to happen. Um, I definitely think he is the future of, has just the brightest future as Nick Wayne now uh, in the wrestling world because his, he's, what he does is, if you guys watch this match, for fi- that kid's 15 and he had a pretty good match with Jimmy Lloyd and Jimmy Lloyd has good matches with almost anybody when it, <laughs> when he steps up to the plate and not and not like in a scramble match, and I think Jimmy did right. a very good job of this match of uh, showing the world what Bodie could do while also trying to have an entertaining match that is back and forth. But I think this match was all centered around putting Bodie over 
in a bigger platform than kind of what we've seen. I think the biggest one I've seen him other than FSW was he, on that Wrestling Revolver show. He was in that scramble and showed out. But like, he only did like three spots in a scramble, but those three spots were one of the most talked about spots is during that scramble because a young child, a child, a young teenager is doing incredible things in the ring. Well, a lot of good points there. Uh, my first note is Bodie and Lloyd are the same height. So, yeah, you went way more in depth oh, than I did. I that. see that right now. Holy shit. I didn't notice that in person. <laughs> I see it right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's that child star thing. I think it's just you stop at that one age and your height never, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> I've seen some glimpses and I think the world got a chance to see some glimpses of what Bodie can do out there. Uh, again, yes, he is young. I am kind of curious of where he's going to go. I think what's going on is right now is just how Vegas is. He's kind of, for his age, a big a big fish in a small pond. My, my personal opinion is he needs to find his way slowly to the dojo out in L.A. and get sharpened up. Also, I really hope training-wise that someone is really, 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 really pushing him because the kid's physical and mental capabilities seem to be absolutely tight. So that's... That's my opinion of that. But I mean, the point of this again was to put over younger talent. And I would say for sure, both went out there and tried to get some eyes on Bodie. And I feel like there's a lot more of Bodie that hasn't been seen yet. But what was shown out there, I'm sure he was probably happy with. And I think, like I said, he's very wrestling maturity wise, not physically physical maturity, but just mentally being aware of what positions to put your body in and where to be at the right time. He's, he's there. Like he's definitely has that in it, in him. Um, even like the, one of the earlier spots in this match, they, when he was on top, uh, holding, like he's on the top rope and Jimmy Lloyd's on the bottom, they're holding hands. He's doing like the bounces off the ropes. He did like three and, yeah. and Jimmy's like, fuck you. And they hit the rope, but you see Bodie bounce off of it and then back onto his feet and get his footing back. And like him's like smiling and being like, Whoa, I did that. See, I still got it. And I thought that was just a nice little touch to add to that maneuver. And that's something that a lot of wrestlers, no matter what age and experience they have, wouldn't be able to kind of turn that into a positive. And at 15 years old, he was able to quickly give a facial reaction, make it look like it was a cool thing and get it over. And I just really think time-wise and, as you said, the right the right person physically helps him out and grows him his body pushes and, him. Yeah, pushes him. He helps grow himself into his body. I think the sky is going to be a limit for him as well. There's just there's a lot of ways he can go right now. One way is he could go learn lucha. He's already running some ropes, not running the ropes, but he's using the ropes for some of his offense. That could be one way to go because at that size, he needs to be flippy. That's the way the generation is now. Let's just you know he needs we'll talk be, about that. He needs to be like hit and miss, like especially at this, like this. Like he needs to hit this moves and then stay out of Jimmy's Lloyd's grasp. Do a high flying move, yeah, get I out of the that. way, like stick and move, oh, stick and move. That, yeah. But like as you said, it's going to come from the high flying stuff because he's just so quick and agile, where he's able to do all these moves. And I think that's yeah. perfect for what, it, as you said, his move set, especially now, uh, kind of how Rustin's going with the flippy shit, and he's already showing yeah. what he could do at fifteen. I'm going to be as as I sometimes I see him in wrestling and during training when he's training some of these kids he'll still sit there and show off or try a new move that I've never seen him do wrestling in the ring yeah. but seeing him try it in outside it's like he could he's got a lot of bit he hasn't uh tapped into out in front of an audience oh yeah yeah I'm I'm right there with you I agree a hundred percent I think there's a lot of innovation there that he's gonna keep working on 
and he does like to try to add new things once he's gotten his shit together on it. I do like that portion, the portion where he actually works on it. Then after he gets his shit together, he tries it. I, I just, I see some people who get ambitious. And so he's ambitious, but in a safe way to where he, he does what he knows how to do. And then, you know, kind of stays away from any speculative type of moves. But yeah, Jimmy Lloyd did a good job here. And um, I'm sure we'll probably see Bodie again in the future here. I just, I'm just curious about where he's going to go. I'm not going to go deep into him because we see him a lot, but um, he has a good upward trajectory and I hope he continues on that. He does work hard at what he does. So honestly, I, I definitely wish him success. Yeah. And I, I, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like I said, the way he treats the kids and patient with them and trying to teach them, like sometimes he does kind of get ahead of himself. Like, He's, he's trying to teach them a little bit more stuff. And like, dude, they're only like 10 or 11. Some of them are teenagers and stuff like that. Hurricane Rana. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, calm down. No, they're not like, they can't know that. Not, I've seen a uh, move similar to Hurricane Rana. He's been trying to teach the kids to do. I'm like, <laughs> uh, these kids shouldn't be taking bumps at anyway at this age, especially that kind of bump that should not be taught to a teenage student at, at this moment. But I, I, I think his name's perfect. He's the young prodigy. And I think, he definitely has a future in the business, and um, I'm very glad that Jimmy Lloyd was able to put him on this platform and had let him show out in front of this crowd, in front of thousands of people watching on Fight TV Plus. And I'm interested to see what kind of future booking he gets from this as well. And I have that feeling for a lot of talent, especially like the, as we said, the more local, homegrown West Coast talent that we don't see on these bigger promotions after this weekend and seeing how well they performed on all these different shows during various times, I'm wondering where they will be popping up in promotions that I've never seen them before. That's what makes indie wrestling right now not dead to me, but super fucking excited of where everybody's going and what everybody's doing. Well, the internet has given a lot of people in the independent companies jobs. Absolutely. That's a bold statement. I'm so sorry. But I feel like when I watch some people, that I'm watching a little too local. Like I've seen some shows where I'm like, they probably shouldn't be broadcasting this junk. I've seen that before. I don't know why I brought that up, but I don't know. Something bit me today where just for a minute, I wanted to mention that I'm sure the internet has provided people with more work sometimes than they would have had without the internet because the social shit and everything on the internet can push your business your product i I think that's more i view it as more of a product because if it wasn't for the internet we wouldn't know about leon slater we wouldn't know about vikingo we wouldn't know about darice like i think that's a good thing not really negative ah it's good for those who can shine but at least they get the moment and opportunity to shine where without the internet people they would never get that opportunity other than where they're at and so i think that internet opens up the doors for you to as we always say put up or shut up Either step up to exactly. the plate and show that you can keep up and swim with the swim with the sharks, or hey, you're gonna drown and go back and try again, go back to the shore and come back again later when you're ready. I think that's it's a good way to see who's ready and who's not, in my opinion. While that's also good. giving a lot of people a chance to show what they can do where we before and on especially on the wrestling Twitter and stuff like that, where nobody would ever get this opportunity if that shit were on wasn't around. I know we got to deal with the good and the bad. I was just lately. I've been trying to focus more on the good. And that's how I think that's right, how I'm right. viewing that one as, but I agree yeah. with you. Like <laughs> some of these people, like I'll, you I'm... see one clip and okay, that's one clip and go do a match. Like I'll give you an example of what you're saying. And this is how I feel 
of, of who you're thinking is that that pizza guy primo luigi like yeah. he went viral off of that and had a cool spot okay it's fun to see him once see him on aw okay he did it once see him a second time and there's what? a great aha <laughs> there's a great point though the internet made someone popular that probably has no fucking business being but that's what I'm saying. You get the Rick good and the Blair bad. Would laugh him off of his fucking booth. Like he would. I mean, I don't. I really said it wrong there, but yeah, he would have been laughed out of the building in front of a bunch of men that you know take bumps. For every primo, we're gonna get uh, a Vikingo. For every, let's say, young Bodie right now, maybe at this moment isn't ready for this kind of spotlight. Even though I'm glad he got it because now he could grow into it and show it. Then you yeah. got a person like Leon Slater that's out out there across the seas that we would never notice about. So I, I think there's a good positive and minus with that um, uh, lately, especially with independent wrestling, as you said. Yeah, just Primo was a good point. I think that's what's going on. But what I think I think part of it is because of the Internet now, we're able to see a lot of AAA ball. I think that's maybe the way to put it. And uh, a lot of us are not used to being able to see AAA ball. I- now that we see it like every night, every now and then on IWTV or somewhere where it's, it's so available to us. Yeah. I, got, I, I don't know. I just, I know it was like, this was a philosophical one and I kind of. No, but I got a good one and it's just kind of a good talking point right now because she's, yeah. I think this has been the positive of what you're saying. Maki Ito, uh-huh. when she first showed Dan up. Housen. Yeah. But Maki Ito, like when she first was, she got popular, like on the Twitter with, or like the social media with what she was doing out in, uh, in Tokyo, Joshi pro wrestling. And then, she got an opportunity to come out to AEW. Sink or swim. She sank. It didn't kind of connect yeah. as much as everyone thought it would on the internet. Boom, she goes back over to Tokyo, Japan. Makes a little tweaks, gets better. She's a little disappointed. GCW calls. Hey, let's give you another shot. She comes out to GCW. Way better than AEW. Okay. Call you back a couple mm-hmm. months later. Do it again. Oh, even more impressive. And now she's stuck and stuck with it. And look where she's like her. She made a post. She's got the, the stone cold gimmick. Literally. It's yeah. like someone handed the stone colds gimmick straight to another generation's wrestler. Like she fell into something so wonderful and it works. And I think though, if she never did get that opportunity to fail in AEW the first time, we would have never found her in GCW. She'd still be out in Tokyo, Japan and or uh, Tokyo. Aye, aye, aye. Okay, outside of quitting, outside of quitting or death, there's no such thing as an unteachable moment, especially in failure. Yeah, and she's, like I said, she made a tweet saying kind of the same thing. Like, I appreciate GCW and everybody involved with it, the fans, Brett, the talent, because without her, she wouldn't have had the confidence to improve. And now she's getting a second shot at AEW again. She's, I think she's back on there yeah. wrestling on dark. And I think for a couple spots, they already signed her to. And so now she's getting a second opportunity, a second chance. And I think that's where I really enjoy Brett and whoever is feeding these incredible talents with no names to Brett, as you said, based off of what they saw on the internet, because if the Vikingo commander, uh, Makito, all these foreign talent, Leon Slater, man like Therese, all these foreign talent that we always talk about that we enjoy watching. Um, I've never heard of before. So whoever is the talent scouting with Brett and stuff like that, I think they deserve major kudos because they've got to, they've been always keeping the GCW rosters and shows fresh with new talent, new different styles of wrestling. And it's always been uh, super fun to see. And I think during this whole collective weekend, you put it all together. We saw 
a lot of different styles of characters, wrestling, promotions, mm-hmm. match styles. And I think that's what's, I think to me, it's made the collective way uh, more enjoyable than I, I expected it to be top flight, lifetime memorable, but not end up what it being. It even exceeded my expectations, which were already an 11 out of 10 and that tend to be like a 15 or 20 out of 10. Well, what's going on is when you have independent wrestling, when you, when you think of that, sometimes your thought process on where the basement is on talent level, is going to be kind of low. You're going to think there's going to be a lot of mistakes, there's going to be people falling off of ropes and the basement on the talent level this year at the collective was way higher than I expected. Obviously you were shaking your head like crazy. Mm-hmm. way more than both of us expected and we cover this shit week in and week out it surprised us yeah it's pleasantly surprised it's not like saying it's a bad thing like oh like i thought badly i just didn't think like they would i, I the, as you said the the basement was a lot higher than what i had i had it way lower than i thought and i'm glad because we get to see some incredible talent step up and kill it and hopefully that leads to future uh, better future opportunities in them well, you fucking know it, man. Yeah, this is, I just, I had to mention that. And it just, I've watched some stuff where there are people that they have problems with basic moves. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is being broadcast, you know? So sometimes, sometimes you cringe, but yeah, philosophical. <laughs> that was a fun talk, though. Like I said, it was kind of perfect, though, because I know Makito just posted that recently, kind of saying like how she appreciates GCW for taking that second chance on her and, given her the confidence to now go after her dream, a second chance where she didn't think she was going to get that second chance. But thanks to the fans, the Brad GCW, giving her opportunity and getting her over. Now she has that second chance and she was just grateful for it. But I think it all goes back to, as you said, what we see on the social media is the talent of people we've never heard before, either sink or swim. And sometimes it's more sink than swim. I mm-hmm. like Vikingo definitely, but, like you got, wow. I, like I told you, he he had one chance to do ten moves that nobody's ever seen before, and he absolutely aced every single ten. He, he flew, like it was incredible. He flew. <laughs> That's what he did. The motherfucker flew. Like, like we thought he would just do his average. No, he he did his shit, but boy, did he put it together so well. Like everything was. We've watched him now enough to know that everything he did was picture perfect. Yeah. And like, mm. and you had that one chance to do it. <laughs> and if he would have bombed, exactly right. if he would have bombed in there, no, we would have never see him probably again for AEW for a long time. Yep. Just like how Maki Ito did. So it is nice to see he, the he talent step it. up. Oh yeah. I really do feel that he is making a run at becoming the best in the world. Yes. And we will have a lot more to talk about Vikingo uh, later on. Oh yeah. <laughs> During our one of our shows, because I Ooh. I know there's a lot I would definitely want to talk about with Vikingo, of course. That will lead us though to another fan favorite of ours. In match number six, we have the oh my god, the Northeast Beast. I almost forgot it for a second. Northeast Beast, Price City OG, Alec Price going against Starboy Charlie. After seeing another version of uh Starboy Charlie later on in one of these other future episodes we're gonna cover. It totally kind of ruins the Starboy Charlie for me now. We kind of talked about the whole gimmick and with the the overalls, the yeah, the yeah. Grateful Dead boots, the songs and everything. We we're trying to figure out, still trying to learn that what character he's trying to present. I think he's still trying to figure out the best way to present it as well. Um, I got yeah. to see a different version of a character and I really enjoyed so what it. Is liked it? it. What is his character? What is this one? He wears he wears overalls. No idea still on this one. 
he has he has on like the hippie socks kind of and like he comes out with no shirt well that's what i'm wondering like know. no shirt i'm wondering if he's just like a farmer on a weed farm you know what i actually got to go back i'm going to reach out to those people uh you should right reach now. out to Starboy and be right. like can you help me with your no 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 not in a bad way like can you help me know more about the character you're trying to present right now so that i can present it to my i believe those people i was hanging them. out with uh they did one of the one of them kind of did lay out what they're what they kind of in are visioning right now as Starboy charlie's character and i was like oh mm-hmm. that makes kind that makes more sense than what i or me and you i think i even said me and you were still always confused on it but the way yeah, they laid yeah. it out to me it's like okay i can kind of understand and see it now um, I will try to see if I could get that for the next spot uh, before we cover Starboy's uh, next appearances at one of these other upcoming shows at the collective that uh, we're going to cover here. And I can... do you have any cliff notes on what they said? I, that's why I, I, I it's so oh, okay. Far. Okay. That, okay. That group chat's so deep now. <laughs> like <laughs> it's crazy, but, um, no, um, go ahead. Alec was working his ass off for heat. He was mostly in control in this match. Star Starboy was getting beat up really good. But I also noticed that this match was like a slow warm up. It it slowly picked up pace as it went on, um, almost veteran style the way they had the match start out slow and kind of start slowly boiling the water. It's really kind of fun to watch. Starboy, of course, rallies in the end. He puts Alec in a chokehold, literally chokes him out. Our winner in this one was Starboy Charlie. Much to I've, my chagrin. Wow. Yeah. I was yeah. I was wow. I was shocked and a little disappointed. I. Uh, Alec Price is one that has definitely grown on me to be like a super fan favorite of mine. And um, I feel like I tainted you on that one a little. Did, um, I, did I taint I, you because it was like you, a no, heel thing? And... I just think you were, you saw, you were first to the party. That's what it was. You were first okay. to the party where I, I was still kind of running off some jealousy stuff of uh, what KG kind of mentioned when we first saw Alec Price, like go mm-hmm. against Jordan Oliver in like, one of Alec Price's first GCW shows, like, oh, it's just like a younger, ver- younger, better version of Jordan Oliver. I'm like, calm down. Jordan's like 25 or however old, 24. Like, and mm-hmm. what do you mean better? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the first time we're seeing him. Don't, Jordan's improved. Like, I kind of like took a person, like, calm down. They ain't no one taking Jordan's spot yet because Jordan's not even <laughs> done with his spot. So fuck you, Alec. Hop in line. Wait your turn like how Jordan did. Show, <laughs> prove yourself. So, like, that's how I really yeah. felt with Alec Price. And then match goes by. Match goes by. I'm like, hey, this guy is really good. And then I think it was his match with Homicide at JCW where I was like, okay, I see it now. This is this guy is yeah. good. He's a super bad guy, but he is so incredibly talented in the ring. And he's got his character, like that Boston accent, the thick Boston accent, which is uh-huh. unique and right now and but in wrestling unique with the kind of the character that he's trying to portray. And I think maybe it was the Mighty Ducksters even too that kind of like okay I really like ah uh, yeah but yeah I, you were definitely first to the party on that one I just kind of hopped on at the end and I am enjoying the ride here because yeah Alec Price is definitely top five for me right now in uh, GCW and just in independent wrestling in general because he's yeah every improving so much and I think he has such a bright future as well um, Jimmy Jimmy Lloyd great call in all these matches like all we're talking about is the bright futures of everybody. And everyone wants to say yeah. indie wrestling's dead. Like, look at the bright future we're just talking oh, about. With the talent on these I shows. remember what I was going to talk to okay. you about now. Ooh, let me sit up in my chair for this <laughs> one. Um, okay, so I'm actually really happy that independent wrestling is where it's at right now because when AEW had first come around, 
they primarily had snatched up so many independent wrestlers that it created a vacuum. And a lot of people stepped up and almost luckily the independent wrestling COVID kind of happened because it was around that AEW time. But I say that only because it allowed a lot of wrestlers to be home and sharpen themselves and work on themselves and so on and so forth. But um, even with that vacuum, so much fantastic talent in the last three or four years have come to that. Oh shit. Could you imagine all the talent, right? Like if it was just WWE right now, again, can you imagine what kind of talent would be floating around GCW and some of these other independents? Oh my God. Imagine yeah. MJF lighting up GCW again. That's like when I first oh. went back and started my GCW watch long and seeing orange Cassidy, MJF and matt riddle pco and all these shows i'm like what the yeah. fuck that was all like out there and not signed like the, i guess yeah. i'm I'm new to independent wrestling i i'll be honest with you i started pandemic uh I, my first like 2021 may 2021 is when i got into quote-unquote independent wrestling like if you ask me what independent wrestling was before i would say ring of honor was independent wrestling that was about the highest and that was not even really independent wrestling it's the highest of the independent wrestling at that time but Going back since 2021 and up until now, well, yeah, it's 2021 because it was the their first show in Vegas or after the pandemic was in. Um, and going back and seeing all these cool names that GCW was getting back then, like go back mm-hmm. and watch jo- all of you guys with Fight TV Plus. Watch the first two or three for Joey Janela's Spring Breaks, and you'll see these incredible names and talents that were on there. Eddie Kingston, like it was so nice seeing him back in GCW where he had a history with them. It's incredible, and like that's where like I'm right with you. Like, imagine if all those names were nowadays still floating back then. Before, uh, other than back then, like it's just incredible to see. Yeah, I mean, let's look at it like Britt Baker. Yeah, people like that who it's not wrestling as much as its character. She would have lit up GCW's fans. We would have had a good time with her, just booing her, and I mean, she would have been a fantastic one to. I forgot how many matches she had before All In. Like, Britt Baker, that was the first time I ever saw Britt Baker was All In. Yeah, she was in in WWE's... She was in NXT. She was in Developmental. And um, at at whatever time she was done with it, and uh, she moved on and got picked up, and she was still green, and she basically developed in front of her eyes. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you have somebody like Jamie Hayter. She'd be lighting it up right now in GCW. That would—that's the woman in GCW that would be the new the woman. Would be Jamie Hayter. Yeah. No lie. She can wrestle. She's tough as shit. She's got a mouth on her. She's smart. I, a lot there. I think uh, uh it was a you asked messaging last night with like, but we we're talking about the whole indies are dead shit. It's like really like look at okay yeah. let's say we lose Quite the opposite yeah let's say we lose a blake christian to ring of honor or like a moxley mm-hmm. like moxley's no longer working 80s like there's so many names are ready to step up and fill the holes it's incredible like yeah. and all that yeah. does is create another hole for someone else to step up and fill because i just see non-stop of okay if we lost one person even if it's due to injury like there's so much talent out there that that could fill in it's just incredible like i actually think sometimes there's not enough out there to give everyone the time and platform to showcase exactly how great everyone mm. is because like i just see every show there's every show i usually watch now even if it's not gcw and i'm watching like the rest beyond wrestling or wrestling open or west coast bro i'm seeing like a new talent maybe it's like the second or third time i see them i'm like wow i really enjoy what they've done now they've improved and i mm. want to see them it's just 
there's always someone there to fill the spot. And I think that's why I think independent wrestling's in like not dead when people say it's dead. No, not dead. me off. Yeah. No, not dead at all. Actually, it's and and that's the thing. Independent wrestling isn't even just building right now. It's more like reloading. Exactly. All they have to yep. you lose someone, someone else is going to take that spot, and they're going to be just as fantastic, and they're going to be a work in progress. Also, it's just how it is. Um, I do know there are a lot of performers that are self aware that they're not the WWE and AEW type, and quite a few of them are like, I'm really surprised how many are self aware, and they're like, okay, I know they're not, I'm not their flavor, and they stay on the independent scenes, and then they gain this incredible following on the independent scene. What's sad is outside of that small independent wrestling community we they're not known and boy oh boy a lot of these people should be known their names should be known a lot more trent acid there's a lot of big wrestling fans who just you know know one company or another company they have no idea who he is i'll be the one of the first to admit like right, i've right, seen a little right. bit of his matches and i believe it was ring of honor and impact but i haven't seen a lot of them and uh like i'll go I, I go to Jimmy Rave too. I kind of always hear those two names thrown out a lot that I, I don't know a lot of the history. I know of them. I know mm. I could, if you put them in a lineup, I could see them and I've seen a couple of their matches like in depth and fully. But other than that, I don't know too much about it. So I'm like one of those ones, but that's why I, like I said, I just started independent wrestling two years ago and I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay in flow so with what's happening now to, I find myself like everyone, I want to go back and do it, but I just find myself right now just overwhelmed of everything positive and excellent going on now where I don't want to fall behind, but I do mm -hmm. want to learn about the history wow. and all that stuff. That's why I very much enjoy it when, whenever you provide those little tidbits of like yeah. Jack Hartwell's grandpa or the history. Um, Oh my God. One of the, not Trima, Mad Mad Pondo and stuff like that. That's stuff like I, I enjoy because I want to go out and learn that stuff. It's just, you're fucking out of time in the goddamn it's, day. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And there's so much you almost have to have someone you trust to direct you in the right direction. Otherwise, you're watching thousands upon thousands of tape of shit. And you have to decide you have what's to have good someone and what's bad. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes you have to talk to someone about, well, what matches were good on this one? And what show was known as this? And which one were shit balls and I shouldn't watch <laughs> it? And, um, Going back through old CZW is so interesting just because like it was so fucking violent and the rules weren't truly in place for deathmatch yet. What I'm saying is swinging the light tubes weren't always straight up and down. Sometimes they'd go horizontal more often and um, some of the weapon usage was a little more dangerous because we were still learning how to do a lot of that. It's um, there's a wow. 90s like dude, old CZW, I said 90s, but like yeah, the old CZW is so incredible to watch. Not the first year or two that's on IWTV, but everything past that is just fantastic. And um, you need to see real Nick Gage. That's legit real what he wanted everybody to see Nick Gage in his youth. Fantastic work. Tough as fuck. Yeah, I know. Tough no, as fuck. I've, I've gone back and watched kind of his older stuff that he had with uh, uh, John Moxley and like, I'll say yeah. I'll tell you the other names. I shouldn't say. I don't care. Like whatever. Like I'm not platform. No, you're just, just watching just, like, them. Giving it like yeah, Drake Younger and some of those uh -huh. other stuff. Like that three way match. I saw them, like outside and like looked like they wrestled from like one house to another house to a garage to a park. Like like yeah. some of that shit. I'm like, what the hell? But I was like, I was so entertained and like wanted to see what was going to happen next. And like I said, so there's so much past wrestling. I want to watch like death matches and stuff like that. Like 
That's why, like, those people that I met there, they really, really into the death matches. So, like, they're kind of sending me stuff, death matches to check out. You're sending me, like, the older death, ma- the death Dude, matches to F- check out. MW. From, so, yeah. Like, that's what I said. There's so much. Go into YouTube. Go into YouTube and you just put in FMW. Let me just try it to see what happens. Yeah. You can put in, dude, go over to YouTube and put in there FMW fire ring and you'll literally <laughs> see a fire death match where it gets out of control. That's the one with Sabu and his uncle where it just goes way the fuck out of control. Um, way, way the fuck out of control. And wow. then um, if you go out there, you'll find, I think, like a floating ring is another one. Yeah, oh, okay. It's on here, too. It's on here, too. It's the exploding pool death match no rope electrified barbed wire swimming pool yeah <laughs> yeah they're, they're great matches but that's what just, just drives me nuts when i hear people say that indies are dead it's like yeah, i'm so glad all these people like are sending all these pictures of the jam-packed collective weekend or wrestling revolver shows or the west coast pro shows wherever like all the shows that happen at the the globe uh during collective weekend like i and just hearing I th- I, this is why i did text you hearing all the stories i heard over the the collective week there was like nothing ever nothing negative everything was positive right and right. i i understand where some people are like well we just you had to use speedball on seven different shows it's like because he's fucking talented what are we not supposed to yeah. use him like sorry if a talent's out there and able to work we're gonna use it if not guess what okay it's, instead of speedball it's an agreement yeah instead of speedball okay we'll throw in a blake christian instead is the drop off that big of a difference <laughs> no like that's what i'm saying well, like there's not that big of a i mean up it's, through it's the a talents. weird one it's a weird one because people have to remember that something like that is an agreement between the talent yeah. and the company. So it'd be highly disrespectful to tell Speedball he can't work all those ta- all those shows because you say so. Yeah, I, I, sorry, but you know that's the weekend where a lot of wrestlers make their money. Oh my god, yeah, and you got to work as much as you can. But yeah, and some of these guys are literally, like I said, a couple of them were Ubering between shows just to maintain their paycheck or their their money coming in properly yeah yeah who said the indies were dead or anything do you have an idea of where that originally came from recently yeah i could look it up but um okay i I was just wondering maybe if it was someone prominent or if it was just someone i've heard of the name before but nothing like crazy but um okay it's i don't know i just it just irks Fuck me when em. I say that because after that Fuck weekend em. I just had, there's no fucking way you could sit there. Take in a live GCW show and talk to me when you're done. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Like, just, you know, see 800, 850. Come to Las Vegas. We'll put 800, 850 in the seats. You come on over. Yeah, we're going to have to talk sit about on my lap. shows coming up here soon, yep. too. Exactly. You can come sit on my lap. We can we can all sit there and, like, <laughs> cheer together. It'll be fantastic. All right. I know we went on a rant. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a fun That's little okay. rant to talk about. But uh, I don't know if we even went over kind of the match with Starboy and Alec, but it was fun. Starboy uh, won. Starboy did win. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you did say that. Uh, he did tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex. Yeah, we're good. Yep. Sorry. I covered us. All right. Sorry. I froze there, but <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back on schedule. I love this. No, no, no. It's fun. <laughs> Fun. Match number seven of Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. By the end of this episode, it's going to be Degeneration Z or Degeneration X. So, are we allowed to say that? Are we going to get copyrighted? I would love anyway. to know how to spell Degeneration. <laughs> anyway, match number seven is Sawyer Wreck versus Bobby Orlando. And I was interested to see what kind of Sawyer Wreck we would get after kind of what we discussed. We kind of discussed the not so good traditional, and then next match, we get the the extreme shit and yes that's what we want to see and uh yeah going into this match right away i was like 
we'll see what we get here because it is the UCC center, but there's a lot of doors underneath that uh that ring and Bobby Orlando. That's another one I think I've only seen during the collective series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I really didn't. I and if so, I couldn't remember too much. I think I remember the goat told little gimmick, but not off the top of my head. And um, <laughs> I yeah, I was. I was just open for this match to enjoy it, to see what was given to me. And I didn't mind it. Like, actually, first, as bad as we kind of talked about Soy Wreck that one episode, um, not really bad, but just giving our opinion and just wasn't for us that match. I think she's actually done very well since then. And she's kind of stuck to what is she the, her comfort level. And I think it's been, been beneficial for her. And I didn't, and I didn't mind this match. And I think Bobby Orlando kind of helped out a lot of what he was able to give Sawyer and help out Sawyer with during this match as well. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I uh, wrote in my notes here that a dude comes out with a goat on his head. <laughs> so one of my family members were actually watching this as they were getting food ready in the kitchen. And I literally turned back around about 10 seconds later. I hear somebody go, what the fuck is that? And I was so <laughs> embarrassed. I, I could not explain why he had. Yeah. So that was really interesting. He's the, yeah. I, I bet that motherfucker can flip pizza too. So I was relieved. We seen door and chairs come out in this match. I was hoping this wasn't a legitimate wrestling match because Sawyer is definitely a death matcher. And Bobby, I just, I think he could eat a chair or two to the face. Sawyer slams goat, uh, goat boy through the table for three. And that's our ending. One, two, three. Sawyer wreck was our winner and over to you. B. Are you trying to say Bobby Orlando has a smashable face to chairs? Is that what you just said? I think I think that it's a good idea just because um he's a wrestler. I to me I'll be honest with you. He you kinda, like that reasoning? Yeah, he's a wrestler. So, he's a wrestler. So is Maki Ito's head it's uh, a smashable face? No, that is not a smashable face. She has a face for TV. What the a, best thing she can do is stay away from blood. What about Tony Deppin? Tony Deppin? Like I don't know if he has a face for TV necessarily. Smashable face. But said he has a smashable, a smashable face. face. Absolutely. That's yeah. He's he's got a good um, he's got a good pension to for that. So good for him because that'll work for him. Yeah. I I that's where I was going with that's where I was going with this conversation. Bob Orlando seems like kind of that. Uh, we go back to the Santino brothers. That first um, the first show. The manager, Waterboy, like everybody wanted to see him get his ass kicked because of his yes. actions and stuff. And I I I'm, that's where I was leading to all this stuff. Everybody wants to see Tony. I not the Makito stuff. I was just seeing testing you on that one. See yeah, what yeah, your yeah, face yeah. Would be. But Bobby, <laughs> Tony Deppin. Everybody wants to see that face get smashed in. And Bob Orlando during this match with the fucking goat and claiming he's the greatest of all time and just the colorful outfit. It's a comedy yeah. character, yeah. And but he just has one of those ones. So like at the end of the day, everybody wants to cheer him getting his ass kicked. And I think that's kind of like his character right now is kind of to be the. The foil and the kind of the ones that uh, yep. takes the pie to the face every single time to get over with or to get the crowd to pop and trying to get over, um, get the other person over. I apologize uh, not to get himself over, but to get the other person more over for finally being the one that hits him in the face. And yeah, I'm watching this now. He's doing like the whole cup, raise the roof, trying to grab it. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. Yeah, I missed. I miss forgot some of these things. And it's Bob cold. Orlando is definitely one of those ones we want to watch get their ass kicked. So I just look at it. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> for someone who's seen it for their first time, not me now, but months, if not a year or so ago, I was like, what the fuck is that? And how should I defend it? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you see um, there was another one that I absolutely love that I think may go somewhere if it's done right. 
uh, Space Monkey. Oh yeah, I can see who it is. Like that gimmick with with like a real like a really good, well done mask and everything could be one hell of a a hit for kids. I yeah, don't know. Could be a but, character. Yeah, this this match between between Goat Boy and Sawyer Wreck, I'm like, this is not going to be a technical, you know, bang out. Um, so I figured it was going to be a death match, and it wasn't. Was it announced as a death match? Uh no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, the reason why I don't have times or actually the the stipulations is because I did it live. So I wrote down who was in it, and bam, bam, bam. But. When you see short notes like that, I just didn't have much to expand upon. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no lie. I just didn't have much to expand upon. And that was that. The way Bobby sold that, <laughs> uh, that power bomb from Sawyer through the door was pretty funny. <laughs> just yeah. After he took the pin and like, so sorry, just tossed his leg, just slowly, slowly falls over his body. I thought, that, I, that's, <laughs> he's funny when it comes to that. Yeah, he's got I think that's the perfect, too. yeah, that's the perfect gimmick for him right now. Uh, that this match was nine minutes and twenty four seconds according to Cage Match, but I think it was the perfect, even a little bit shorter would have been fine. But I think that would have yep. took away some of the fun stuff from Bobby Orlando. No, like just I was thinking like some of the stuff was they were kind of stalling or selling a little bit too much and playing to yep. the crowd. Where I think that's what kind of dragged it out a little bit. But that's Bobby Orlando's character, and that's also Sawyer to trying to get the crowd behind her. But I'm glad it, as you said, it chairs fuckery were involved to kind of. That's where she excelled. A minute, it was perfect. A minute and a half to two minutes of stalling taken out of the of the match would have been probably about right. So seven, seven and a half minutes. Oh yeah, then I forgot she threw the goat <laughs> during the match and then picked it up at the end. I'm watching her leave the entrance now and she's got the goat like repping. <laughs> Did she try to kiss it? Uh not. she's so edgy. I haven't seen she's no so she, edgy. She, she's uh sad that oh. the goat was mistreated, it looked like. Oh, see now that that's heart right there. I like that. <laughs> that shows heart. And for our main event, oh wait, is it the main event? Yeah, main event <laughs> of the evening, or uh, wow. of the evening of the show, of the morning. Wow. What? I'm just surprised that uh, I'm like, wow, almost this this one went quick. This episode, yeah. I think it's because my notes. Why I was doing it's it's so hard. Let <laughs> me tell you, but I'm happy we're doing these two for ones on the reviews because it just saves time. I mean, we've already done four and we've got more to go. Oh yeah, for sure. I have more notes now. Those kind of matches. I yeah, this kinda, one. Okay, but this, this one's a good one to have. Awesome. This was a fun way to. This was a good main event. I think this was a great, as Jimmy Lloyd says, great way to showcase the young tag team talent that's out there in independent wrestling right now. As it is a four-way tag team match with the teams of Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers, going against the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, going against the Best Bros. Uh, I missed the announcement of the name. I don't want to mess it up. I think it was Balian Aki and May Segura. And the Good one. Fourth and f- uh, was that right? No, oh. I don't know. Oh shit! I'm just telling you that was a damn. Oh, okay. I just told you it was good a damn sense. good effort. <laughs> it's like, was that right? No, I don't know. <laughs> I feel so unprofessional. I really should know these, but well, like I said, I had to listen to fun, it. So professionalism went out the window. We're just enjoying ourselves. <laughs> and the last tag team is uh, CPF. Did I don't ever heard of? Do you know what the CPF stands for? Or no. I guess I could click in and find out. Well, that team is Danny. Feel free. <laughs> uh, close personal friends. There we go. Oh, that's nice. And consisting of the personal friends of Danny Black and a returning Joe Lando. Um, all four teams. Oh, Joe Lando, huh? Yes, all four teams. You know who Joe Lando is, right? Yeah. 
We saw him. He's a badass motherfucker. Yeah, I'm nice glad to he's see him back in and the healthy. Back and healthy. Because exactly. his first uh, first show up here was not too good as he got hurt during the scramble match and then was unable to compete in his spotlight one-on-one match the next night. But wow. uh, yeah, this was a fun, high fa- high-paced uh, tag team match. And the one team I really want to go over is some team I never really saw before, the Best Bros. Holy shit. They were entertaining. I loved that team. They're, that was... I don't know if they're DDT or not. I'm actually like, I, I don't know if they came with the whole. DDT I want them back. Okay. So the best bros are from Choco Pro Japan. Okay. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Also, they came out last. They were announced last. And so they I was got really the, wondering if they were surprised. They were going to surprise us with something. And they got like the biggest pop and the people knew the song and the chant. Like there was like a special clap. Like I never heard of them. And that's what I'm uh, like. There were Japanese fans there, I believe. Oh, yeah. And I'll no, go no, over like that. real Japanese oh, yeah. people that were fans of wrestling. Because I saw a couple times where um, one guy that was sitting in your row, he'd keep coming up to some of the wrestlers, the DDT wrestlers, and slap by with them. Yeah. Their yeah. So, uh, I was going to, uh, I do have quite a bit of notes on that when we do the DDT. There were a lot of, a lot of the fans from the DDT stuff and the media, like, they treated really? this thing like a big giant deal out there, and I'm glad. And they are excited to come back from what I've seen on Twitter. Like all those talents want to come good. back. So that's a good thing that we were able to treat them nice enough to come back because like I said, I know you haven't seen too much of the DDT show and don't have too much expectations for it. I think you're gonna right. that's gonna change and um you're gonna wanna see a lot of these talents come back to do a lot of fun stuff that they uh with different all right, all right. But one of the talents for me in this match was the best bros. I've never seen them before, but the crowd was all into them. They were super popular and unique team. I enjoy their chemistry and what they did. And it seems like it's a lot of comedy, but it's well-timed comedy put mm-hmm. together into great it's wrestling. Sharp. Yes, I I love them. Like that was I, I one match I want to see. As you said, I want to see that you want to see them come back. I want to see the best bros come back because they were um, they were a fun tag team to watch. And this match. Um, uh, SPF or SPF, <laughs> SPF 200. No, uh-huh. uh, CPF, uh, was awesome to see Joe Lando, as we said, back and healthy and with the, the tag partner of Danny black. I've never seen Danny black before. It looks, um, I'm going to try to see if this is how old he is, but, um, looks super young. And I think that tag team was that matched up with wasted youth. That's two teams. I want to see go at it quite often. Like those, those two would be awesome. And I think, the Bang Bros just kind of showed a little bit why, uh, in my opinion, they're the best, more well-rounded tag team and more uh, accomplished tag team in this match. But when you put all four of them together, this was a great main event that had my attention throughout the whole thing. And like there was so much going on where I didn't know whether to watch the fun stuff that May and um, Aki were doing or the high-flying shit Joe was doing in the ring or what was about to come out with me with Dylan McKay and Marcus. It was chaotic, and I loved it, and I... Great, great main event. All righty. Let's see what I got for this one, because I do have notes here. I have a lot more notes than the last you know, couple matches here, but a lot of young wrestlers in the ring. It's so funny that I put that in there as a note. It took me that long, I think, to maybe realize. But when I looked in the ring, I'm like, you know, you always size up what you're getting ready to watch almost. And I looked around I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking fun. Wasted Youth has matching pants, bro. Oh, that's what yeah. I guess. Well, that's something we've been saying too. Like we were saying about the East West Express. Boom, we got it. Yeah. I th- I texted you right away. I was like, I don't know if you're watching the show or not. I don't want to spoil it, but I got to say it because we just talked about <laughs> it when they went against East West Express. We wanted to see Wasting Youth and Matching Gear. We fucking got it. And I was so excited to see that. 
Yeah, and I don't know how long it usually takes them to design and then get it, but it must have been in the works for months. You could see as a team, they're working a lot harder than they used to. I think that's the way they're going to be. I think they they probably looked at the system and they went, you know what, we're nice and young. We see what we're going to do as singles. We see how we could benefit as doubles. And it works. But uh, by the time this match came around, I was really ready for a fast-paced, exciting match. I felt like... Like you were saying in the last one, there was a little bit of stalling from uh, Sawyer and Goat Boy. So I was like, uh, um, for crying out loud, I hate saying that. What's his name? Bobby Orlando. Bobby Orlando. <laughs> like we have I'll, seen him I'll a couple times that. for the settlement mean... series. Okay, yeah. Well, that's where I forgot him from. All right. <laughs> Shaking your head. Yeah, because like, like, oh, I mean, some of those settlement series after the, it started off fun, but then it kind of like we stopped even covering it, I think, because it just was, yeah, because they it lost, just, it, lost its uh, uniqueness after the first two. Yeah, it was like watching your friends get drunk and like the first two hours, three hours are kind of fun. And then hour four, five, six hits in and they're either fighting or arguing or sleeping. And yeah. So anyway, the uh the Bang Bros, in my opinion, are one of the best tag teams in Chicago, hands down. I don't know how many Chicago tag teams there are, but Bang Bros are freaking awesome. I can't, you know, like what, Legion of Doom? I was about to say, I'm off. I don't know. You can't top of Legion of Doom, though. No, if, that, if Legion of Doom is, then yeah, that's the top of the cream there. <laughs> so the best bros. Let's talk about this just for a minute. They are formulaic in what they do. You have the guy and the girl thing. There's the spot where she just yells at someone. My personal opinion my personal opinion it's annoying and obnoxious someone needs to tell her the screaming is annoying that's exactly why vicky got over and that's nice well because her voice is shrill like nails on a chalkboard it's annoying i don't have a better way to put it but ah, is real effective when you're four i just i i don't know man you, please don't please don't agree with me i'm um, not i definitely don't agree okay, with okay, you on okay. this one i can't stand her I can't stand her. I think it's a formulaic team where one that's half-assed, which is her, is with a guy who's a strong man and he's about running ninety percent of what he's capable of. And they put him together and go, "All right, well, you be annoying and yell and scream, and that looks cool." And he's going to toss your your skinny ass around the ring. The only thing that I really liked was they had like this move together, and I don't have a name for it, where he kind of just flips that lady like boom, 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 and it was awesome. But otherwise, she could have been taken out back and just sent home, and I'd have been okay with it. I, I'm so sorry, man. I, I the the screaming was annoying. It was like listening to a kid on a playground. <laughs> that's all I got because that's what it sounded like. And if you put about thirty of them together, I enjoyed it just because it caught. Them I love off you, the man. Guard. I love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> it I, is. no, For it's me, all personally. good. It's fine. Like that. That's yeah. where, like we're not. My opinion is not always right. Yours not like it's okay. Like right, 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 that's right. Why we it's always, not for every. It's exactly. not for me. Yeah. it's for everyone. Yep, that's exactly. The way I like to put it. And I, I enjoyed it. Like especially when she like first moves. I see her. She's uh walking the top rope and has them. I'm watching it right now, so I'll do the play by play. She has wasted youth. One on the outside, one on the inside. She's walking on the rings uh, on the ring rope. So they're holding her hand. She did it forward, backwards. Slapped Dylan McKay off. Rolled into the ring and did a, a tope, not tope, a arm drag to Dylan. Like, but the screaming I think was funny because the first time I think she did scream, like, oh yeah, it was against the Bang Bros. Like they went to go attack her and then the CPF goes behind her and she's just like, and like everyone's right, like, oh, right, right. oh, like hey, hey, stop screaming. Like yeah. I enjoyed the comedy aspect of it, like how 
the scream was, as you said, like they, like okay, we don't want to hear that. Why is that he screeching? Is and then backing away. I loved it. That's what a five-year-old would do. Think about it. Well, that shit would happen in kindergarten. Okay, but okay, I, I don't want to say. I'm fucking I, with you. I'm no, fucking with you. Go like, ahead. Go ahead. Go with ahead. Baki Ito, we we enjoy the spot where she kind of oh, starts. Trust me, I know where you're going. Like, <laughs> the crying. Yes. Yes. I, I, I yeah. don't know. Did you like that spot or no? Like, I love that spot. Too I do right now. Okay. Let's let's talk. Okay, I do right now. But there are some wrestlers which, once you've seen them a couple times, you've seen everything. Orange Cassidy can do that. His wrestling saves him. His incredible wrestling talent saves him because of gimmicks you've seen. Yep. Maki Ito is absolutely fantastic. Good look. Great face for TV. She has an excellent gimmick. The whole nine. Um, as long as we see her in sprinkles, it's going to be great. Otherwise, when it comes to her wrestling, she has about five things that she does that she puts into every match. And hopefully she kind of rotates them a little. Otherwise, you know, funny thing, that is one of my favorite spots. Here we are today. I think I'm healed, dude. Well, that's why I was, I that's why I was asking. Healed, Hold on. Right. Like, you can't say you don't yeah. like this spot. Then she's like the Maki Ito crying spot. Like, because you said, that's a five. I was no, about to ready say. No, you're right. You're right. I think it's I think it's personal opinion at that point. No, yeah. And yeah it's, you, I'm not saying you can't say that. But you no, 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 no. But. No, I can't actually draw a distinction between the two. But I, I like you're right. I like I how I just don't know. I just can't tell the difference actually. Yeah. Well, later on in this match, she tries it a second time, and then and then I think it was CPF was like, no, 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 that shit ain't working this time. <laughs> like it, that was perfect. I think storytelling for me, where then like I think they turned around and were like, no, like we're not listening to this. And then her partner came in and stood there. And then they turned around and saw him, and it's like, oh shit, okay, like okay, it's not just a screaming. I just had to scream a child no more. Like you ain't going to get it right, the second right. time. It's like a, a very the their act kind of feels like Home Alone. Like you you could get us mm. once, but the second time it's not going to work. But then they do something different the second time where you think mm. that you outsmarted them, where they're actually one step ahead of you, even though it looks like they're doing the same old shit. They know how you're going to react and plan for it. That's how that's how I envisioned this tag team was kind of like a Home Alone kind of. Uh, ways wow. to kind of keep you on your toes distract you to do some other fun cool shit like i don't think in ring wise i didn't see too much in ring work from them but as a right. comedy tag team i am all for it all that's, day long that's what it yeah. is let's be honest that's what it is they weren't out there to you know vikingo across the, exactly across the ropes they were there to do a specific thing and what they were shooting for i believe they did it well yeah so i mean no argument against that whatsoever I had something else I was going to say that was like well beyond that. No, 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 no. That was, um, it always comes back to me. (laughs) That's just how it goes sometimes. But I did like CPF, Bang Bros, and Wasted Youth like a lot. Wasted Youth is growing on me. I was not the biggest fan of Dylan McKay in the beginning. I was always a big fan of Mathers. Yeah. And looking at them work together, it's funny because they're still not where East West is. And they've been doing their thing longer than East West. And yep. I talked to a, a performer about that, and he said it's completely uncanny with how in sync those two are. It's like they almost know what each other are thinking in the ring. And like, um, so if one misses something, the other knows what's going on. It's really interesting. And one thing I noticed too, it seemed like like um, with Jordan or Nick, like they know it's like okay, Nick's gonna go faster than me, so I gotta mm-hmm. like. Or like I gotta slow my speed, or like Nick can't hang up with me, or whatever. I forgot what's the clout cutter who did look like someone. One of the people, uh, one of those two, Jordan and Nick, slow down. Like they don't go a hundred percent speed because they know if they go a hundred percent speed and Nick goes hundred percent, one's yeah, gonna finish yeah. or land 
faster than the other. So they've actually like what I've noticed is like they've timed on how high to jump or how the speed like to speed. Oh, yeah. Like whatever they they a turn lot on. of planning. Went yeah, into it. they dial it up or dial it down to stay in sync. And that's one thing I noticed. I, I took a good video when they hit the cloud cutter on the motor Mercedes machine guns uh, to win the titles. I did see a uh, on my on my video. I went back and rewatched it and like you can see Jordan looks over and like sees Nick up. And so he kind of speeds himself up or slow himself down or not jump mm-hmm. aside, but just to stay in sync. And I love how, as you said, those two gel to get that kind of shit. It's funny. Or not oh, funny, yeah. fun. I, I said funny because no, I'm no, watching that spot here. <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, if somebody's just off by a split second, the whole thing looks like shit. Yeah. And it's really rare for them to be off. They do a damn good job of what they're doing. So this match as a main event was definitely much better than most of the other matches. And I was happy this how this ended. And it was just a touch of a shorter show, only eight eight matches. Normally it's like nine. Yeah. I don't think we saw like a double um nope. a double length match anywhere. You know what double I was thinking digit. before? Like ten matches, yeah. yeah. There was no ten yeah. matches on a card. They kept uh, a lot of them like seemed like seven was the magic number. I noticed that too, and, and mostly two hours. Yep. For everything. No uh no intermission generally that was good too that was one positive i was so happy to not uh, not have intermissions because there's already time in between the shows exactly yeah um so on this one dylan hits a tope mathers then turns around and hits a 450 for the pin and that is how our main event ended our winners here were the wasted youth i think they're uh i think they're on a crash course with east west how long uh, How long? Come on, man! You got to have the young kids. I hope they're on. not next. Like, no, no offense. Uh, no offense. I don't to have Dylan. to say next. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, how long? Ah, uh, yeah. How long? Six I months? mean, they might have to pick it up well, soon if uh, uh, graduation's coming up. Nick. Yeah, graduation's yeah. coming up here soon. I think they have to fit that in kind of fast. Um, and I, I'll say it again. Please, 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 go out and enjoy these young talents before they're gone. Yes. Get signatures. Get photographs. Get the whole. Get the whole nine. Get it while you can. Please, you want their early stuff to say things like GCW or get something with a date on it. There's a lot of people that wish they would have had some old stuff from quite a few legends. There will be legends and there are legends that are future in the future here that are going through the independent system. Get their autographs now. That's the best thing I can say. There's a couple wrestlers out here in Vegas. I was their first autograph. I'm like, nah, no, you got to write it down, man. You have to, because once you get it dated and everything else, keep it. You may be the first one. Kind of cool. Um, sorry, I had a, my mind like I had three thoughts I was going to add to your autographs and stuff. And then something. Yeah, give me the first one. What are you thinking on the first well, one? Okay, yes, I'll go to the one I know. So I'm trying to look up the, the Bang Bros um, and see if they've pick, ever picked up a GCW tag team victory. I can't off the top of my mind or top of my head uh, find mm. that, but. I think that's one. I'm glad that I was the reason I say this. I'm very glad Wasted Youth got the victory here. I definitely think they, out of the teams, they should have been the ones to get it um, just mm-hmm. to kind of help solidify them and kind of get them back on track, win, loss, rise, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they've been kind of the tag team that's well known, more well known in GCW than the other ones that I think being the reason I'm looking at Bang Bros because I think they're, they should be getting to win sometime here soon in GCW. If they have not, I just off the top of my head cannot remember. But gotcha. I think yeah. I want to see Bang Bros versus East West Express. I want to see um, the Bang Bros go against a lot of quite a lot of good tag teams. I like to see them go get straight up that CPF team because I was impressed with Joe Lando and Danny Black. They are a young, high flying, high energetic team, and I enjoyed watching them. 
And I think that them having a match with Bang Bros would be awesome, like just straight up. Um, hmm. But the, oh, the autograph thing was so. Uh, the one thing I might start like looking into now because I saw like those people I was hanging out with their big um, trading cards and they get it signed. They go yep. like they they go everywhere and get them signed. They already got like the stuff that like the nice packaging. As soon as it gets signed, it gets put into the nice stiff yep. package that yep. it won't uh won't bend or fold. And I, I've always I'm a collector. Like I collect pops. I don't get too many autographs nowadays. Before it was autographs, then it was selfies. Now like to me, it's just like merch. But seeing oh. like the trading card stuff, I was like I was used to be like, kind of into like baseball cards and football and trading cards and that but i never used to get them like signed but something so easy and simple i think it, as you said it would be a cool thing to have because there's not a lot of there's gcw makes their own cards there's other companies that make independent wrestling cards some of these wrestlers have their own like variants and own personal ones yep. too so it'd be cool to have all these different things and like thinking of collecting wise mm-hmm. that might be the cheapest and easiest way to get an autograph number one and because like a lot of those times they don't even charge like if you don't like if you yeah. just say hey can I yeah. send this card they won't charge leave them five or ten bucks they're cool like more than happy to do it even Dude. for that price. My flag. There was only one person that charged me at all. Cardona. Fucking asshole. Yeah. He's the he's the he's only one. The and I tried to give money. I tried to give money to almost everyone. Yeah. And I everyone that I got a signature from. I'm like here you go. Like. Blake Christian was the first one that comes to mind where he's like, nah, man, like nice as fuck. I shouldn't be. Maybe it doesn't fit with his image right now. Nice as fuck. He's like, you don't have to. I mean, that was stupid nice of him to do because money's money, you know? And um, he appreciated the appreciation. I told him we love him. Yeah. We put him over on the podcast. He's like, that's enough. I appreciate that. All right, cool. No problems there. So yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. I, I think everybody should get their pictures and autographs and stuff now. Like for me, you know, me, I'm, I'm more like personal experience. That's like why I'd I've just kind of hang with these guys for an hour or two, three, and then no pictures. Just like, no, I have a How rule. I do I one picture, picture. Yeah. before, before shit gets messy, one picture. And then <laughs> after that, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, I have rules. Mine's like like, pictures. I really enjoy pictures. I don't talk about anything sensitive outside of, you know, like if some wrestler tells me, hey, you know, this, this, and this is going to happen. I'm not going out and telling people that. And then also anything that goes on, I never. Yeah, see, I I would, if I had the chance to get the experiences that you had, like I would obviously pick that over pictures or autographs too, but uh, I'll stick to my, just the pictures just to say, like, as you said, I'm a member, like, yeah uh memorial like i got a picture with jordan after winning the tag titles and like that actually like but meant a lot to me like i really wish i would have got well i did get one with the jcw too but like me being actually there to see the tag team title one with nick wayne because it was right around the same time i like started really liking both competitors it was like the same like same weekend and same awesome stuff and um nick wayne was like one of the first wrestlers to follow me follow me back on twitter and stuff like that and oh that's and awesome. like yeah we like he immediately talked to me i was like oh yeah like i didn't i just follow you i'm like yeah i appreciate it i just want to say thank you and to see them finally get that moment of glory was awesome and for me to be able to take a picture with jordan i really wish nick was that round two but he wasn't there for that picture the picture because he also got sliced up uh earlier before that match and i was very concerned mm-hmm. that match was up in the air um but I was very happy to get that picture with Jordan in the tag belt because, uh, like I said, to see 
where I've started watching Jordan to what he's gone to now and like how I went back and followed his other his whole career outside of GCW and the beginning of it before I started even knowing who he was. It's been awesome to see kind of his glow up and uh, his transformation with the crowd and with how they're treating him as a wrestler and now kind of one of the aces of the company holding on to two belts at the same time. Uh, it's been it was cool. So that was one picture I definitely would have gone my way to get. Yeah, really happy for him. Jordan's really busting ass out there. And um, yeah, the independent scene, it's it's bittersweet. You know, you love someone and then they're gone. Or you're able to talk someone and then they're just too busy to talk anymore. You know, there's people that it, it's it's like having kids, you know, it's like you don't want to see them go, but you know what's going to happen for them next is fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, I just, that's why I always say you hate to see them leave, but you love to see them succeed. So. You know, the, the most you can hope for is that they remember you at the end of the day and that they're just as thankful for you as you are for them. What story too, real fast, kind of go back to the whole. Uh... Yeah, we're just sitting here talking now. We kind of pretty much finished up on this. Yeah. And this just kind of just goes back to the whole best best bros thing. That I Actually, this is where I feel really, really bad. Shortly after this match, they were supposed to be on another company's card. Um, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. And... They were went to they were waiting to get picked up and the the promoters like oh like uh, we didn't say we're picking you up I don't know like and then ghosted them so they're like you better get here for the show or you're not getting paid so they spent like like three hours trying to get down to their thing and like they video like walked and took the thing and said like how they got stranded what they got stranded shit yeah so that company that never sucks. picked them up and they got screwed so oh. what's what brett found out because it went viral real fast as it not viral but as it should a lot of people found out about it and so like i don't know what happened but i know brett ended up uh bringing them back and had him like even though i don't think they wrestled again but had him working like ring crew so i still like i think they yeah. i think he's still yeah. i'm gonna assume paid him get him some cash exactly yeah. like Help hey sorry like the other what a load company of shit. screwed you yep and so like they, they we gotta, both know who that fucking company is too yeah, which what is a load of shit. And I, I, I think that's where I kind of really now. Oh, I'm like, negative. Oh today. man, like I, I feel bad for them. Like, but I enjoyed their work. They were fun. Like, <laughs> I think I, I, I can't enjoyed believe them that happened to in. them. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually a fan now. After that, I can't believe finding yourself fucking stranded in another country in one of the largest fucking cities, yep. cities in the world at the one of the busiest oh, times in that city and where they were at too. Yeah, and oh, where the other company was at, where they had to go to, was not the oh, best of neighborhoods. Yeah, but fucking straight ghosting them? Yeah. Come on, they could have at least said, look, we'll cover your Uber, but we'll maybe just take it out of your whatever, or uh, we'll cover your Uber and you cover half of it with me, or, or something as a compromise. But having someone come all the way across the fucking ocean from halfway around the world and then fucking doing that to him. Like, I didn't know that until now. Like, that makes me fucking sh- like that's shitty because, you know, we talk here all the time and the utmost for us. I mean, wow, I'm negative this one, but the utmost for us is to always be positive and to help these people out and to do what we can to make them look and sound good because they work hard and we're fans of their hard work. I hate to hear that a fucking wrestler had to go through that. Not only that, but one who. Most of the people around are probably not going to speak his language. So they're just sitting out there burning the fucking battery on their phone, hoping someone will help him out. That sucks. And I feel terrible for him. Yeah. That was like, uh, I, I shortly, uh, like, uh, when the next 
shows kind of started is when I found out about that information. I was like, man, like, wow, I would have gone and picked him up and brought him back here. And like, hey, can That's you guys get him like, in like somehow, like let him work because this is bro. the bullshit because I, I've, I I've became into fans. What, about, what a load of crap. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine a promoter pulling that shit? Well, well. <laughs> well, then I heard I was the promoter, and I was also the promoter of the venue too. Like, and then it was like a false promise, and that. Yeah, between the both of them, they can't put money together. And then I That's think they don't even get paid. There's yeah. two people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck that. They can't afford a ring half the time. If I find the the Reddit the Reddit thread, I'll send it to you because wow. they did make a video Well, those about those it. who know what we're talking about know what we're talking about, but I don't know. I don't even know if you're fully a wrestling company if you don't have a ring sometimes, like. You go to a bar, we're going to have a no ring wrestling match. You mean a fake fight? Right. Like what the, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, come on out of here. But like six locals, you don't know Marty McBarfly and like Pedro, they're going to fucking slug it, a fake slug it out. (laughs) That's where where the internet has made wrestling go a little too far. There's oversaturation in the market with companies, not performers. There's oversaturation with companies. Las Vegas is a medium to small size city. And we can see, we can see five, six, seven companies floating around here throughout the week. And honestly, they probably could coordinate and each take a day of the week. That's where we're at. Wednesday and Thursday shows in Vegas sometimes. It's good and bad. Yeah. We have a couple companies out here that are all right, and it's good. And uh, there's a couple other companies out here. Like, they're they're all right. They're all right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to like, tell I've that story that just so other people knew because it was yeah. a shitty thing. And I know it did get kind of, like I said, a little bit. I, wanna, I don't want to say viral, but I got a hold of it. And I don't even know these people, but. The people yeah, that I was hanging out with when know it a lot. Through. Yep, and it got, it, the word spread. Word spread fast, and um, I think they did step up, and people like did pay like a GoFundMe wow. or something like that, or donated on their Twitch or YouTube. I forgot oh, something like that. I don't know the exact details, but I know like they got stranded, and like I do, I did hear that Brett did let them come back and kind of work ring crew or kind of even hang out, but also uh, kind of not. I don't know the exact details, wow. but a payment or whatnot, but at least didn't leave them stranded in a fucking, like you said, a city. That's so scary. Like there, they brought them back to at least people that, that could take care of them or help them out more than being by themselves. Cause they started walking uh, I mean, towards that venue you when know, they were do you saying, know, do you know Japanese? No. Yeah. How about I strange right? you in Tokyo? <laughs> Fuck. At least over there, most people the, know English, but yeah. you know, by the worst, wow. worst part, well, biggest city, let's say Tokyo, biggest part of Tokyo and Maybe the worst part of that city <laughs> as where these venues were in LA. Well, okay. So let's just say that you're trying to get the talent there and you know, there's a miscommunication. If you have the money or if you want to keep a good name, you do what you can to help them. Even if you have to pay half and half shit between the two wrestlers and the promoter and the venue, there's four people that could have helped pay and chip in for or, them to get there. Or do something. That's not a problem solver. Yeah. I was I, I was very disappointed I, when I heard that, and it did kind of uh, I'm not surprised. alter some of my rest of the plans for the weekend. But I was very well. Glad if they to can't see. afford a ring, they can't afford <laughs> freaking transportation to help someone out. I was glad to see across town. Yeah, that's that. Well, yeah, that's stuff I don't know too. They much deserve to have was. the ring taken full time. <laughs> I was glad to see Brett and GCW and whoever else step up and help them because, like I said, Thank right you. away the crowd knew the songs and. Like I didn't. I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" Best Bros. Like, 
Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're interesting. Oh, there's comedy. Oh, I like like I, I I'm a fan of theirs. Like I enjoy whipping her around and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, I forgot one spot too. They, they he uh, the six the other three teams were outside and he climbed up to the top rope and Emmy uh climbed up on top of his back and kind of just held onto his back and yeah. like a crowd dive and she's on top of him to the outside and I was right there at that corner. I'm like oh god oh god because like she almost like starts slipping <laughs> off. I'm like no 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 and. But they, I thought they did a very good job mixing in uh, the lot of comedy with when it's time to kind of go in the ring to kind of go in the ring. And I do want to see the best pros back in some way because I, I very much enjoyed them. But all four tag teams, I definitely enjoyed. And this was, like I said, a great way to end uh, Jimmy Lloyd's Generation F. And I think it was the perfect team to kind of go over at the end. And that could possibly, as you said, possibly set up a, another future match. Hopefully not yep. so soon, but uh, maybe down the line against the East West Express. Uh, well, I trust you. your judgment. I trust your judgment. I'm going to give them another try. Watch them some more. You cannot, you know, you can't judge anyone by just one. I also could have been tired and been like, okay, I'm just, all right. Yeah, I'm just going to throw her in the air. <laughs> Never seen that before. I think um, that for me too, being live, that what, kind of a change affects me too. Seeing how over there with the crowd. Of pace. If I would have saw that on TV, like I kind of watching Bloodsport. Watching the Bloodsport kind of on this year's Bloodsport on TV was not how it was being there in person. So that could also alter a lot of my opinions as well. So, like, I'm just saying that in my, uh, as my opinion of in, like, like we talked about, like, we, we are even have different opinions and it's all good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think, like I said, if in a perfect world, maybe find out a way to mic that crowd. Yeah. Because the crowd is part of the action of GCW. I'm not going to lie. And online, like I said, there are places where people go, oh, GCW's crowd is dead. No, the fuck they're not. You just can't hear them on TV. That's all. Yeah, it wasn't as uh, as enticing or didn't sound as good as like even going back right before we started recording this part and going back and listening to the chair shot for further culture. That did that chair shot zero justice on what was done to uh, Billy Dixon from Willie Mac. But that will wrap up Jimmy Lloyd's G Generation F. Like I said, once again, I was impressed with that. Uh, the whole card, I I totally missed that. Even though Jimmy said, I love giving back to the younger talent, you made a great call of noticing that all these talents were 27 and younger, and I thought it was a great yeah. job by Jimmy to give these talents a platform, like like Bodie, just kind of going off of him, bigger platform than probably he's ever had in his life, um, other than maybe that wrestling revolver, but I think GCW's a little bit better. Sorry, I hate to say that. Um, and could pro- just to provide all these names... A bigger platform I thought was awesome. And CPF, tag team I want to see back. Press Bros. Uh, the Bang Bros I want to see definitely be in the title scene at some point here soon. And um, yeah, I think it was just a great overall uh, second. Was it? No, first card of uh, Friday afternoon. Teriyaki getting the win. Titus and Cole having a great match. Um, over, I, I enjoyed it. It was a great, great show. And I'm glad to see a lot of the more familiar faces of GCW um, and mix, in, mix it up with the younger talent as well. Nothing says you're on your last leg like holding a wrestling show with no ring. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Think about that. Yeah. Nothing says on my last leg like that. The talent level at that company has come down. You can even see it on the card. It's It's dropped from national stuff down into, yeah, like it's, yeah, the talent levels went down and, um, now they don't have a ring sometimes. I still, I find that funny. Let's go ice skating with no ice. <laughs> I 
seven, and I'm, I'm serious. And no, I'm, I'm trying, trying to think of that swim. I'm trying to think too how these two would fit in that company. Like that was very odd as well. Because I know you know what company I'm thinking of. Like everyone that researches, yeah. they can. We do, I just don't want to say their name because, like I said, I that left a giant sour taste in my mouth. And some of these other things. Oh yeah, like of. I'm actually not thrilled now, and I'm usually pretty good. You know what? Might you be a blessing. Went to their show. You could have went to their show and doubled their fucking audience. <laughs> Are you trying to call me two guys here? Jesus Christ, man! No, no, you and one other guy. You would have doubled it. That would have been about it, right there. Yeah, but yeah, uh, blessing wow. in disguise. They, they, I don't see them working how they would even fit in with that company or what they did. So I'm glad though. And who would have seen it? There's only so many. I'm dude. I did not see a single video come out of that place that had more than 30 people in the video period. Yeah. And I've seen some videos where it might have had one or two. Yeah. Uh, I just really, really. And I mean, I think it was smart of them to run all day because then if you have an hour, you can jump in for a little cash. I do like that option. Um, It doesn't work for bigger companies, but I thought it was a good idea for theirs. But I'm glad people between, stepped up between and made them it. and another company, it feels like misfits. Yeah, like the misfits have collected into mostly like two different companies, maybe a third off the top of my head, but I don't know. I, I just all right, that will wrap it up for our coverage of the collectives GCW G Generation. Oh, sorry, Jimmy Lloyd's G Generation F and the For the Culture Show. Like I said, two pretty fun and entertaining shows one that for the culture show very much sleeper worthy highly suggest checking it out and watching the entire show because a lot of great talent a lot of great in-ring action and um i just thoroughly enjoyed it and i think that had probably was one of the sleeper shows of the weekend i'm top five in my opinion if not top three it's up there what was your thoughts overall like well instead of memorable moments final thoughts on those two shows um Degeneration F, I was really surprised with just how much youth was in there. For some reason, how dumb I was that I didn't notice it until later. But um, I was the same way, though. Like after Jimmy Lloyd's announcement, I was like, okay, that's cool. He's giving Brody. And then you mentioned all the other ones. I'm like, yeah, that's actually probably the better way to describe it. And then um, what else did we have here? We reviewed. What did we review? For the culture. Actually, like, oh, geez. Okay. So for the culture, way better than expected. There was a couple new people that I'd never seen before. Not a, there wasn't a single weak match on the card. That was solid front to back. Um, the main event was, I think, so-so, but only because the size difference kind of made it a little difficult. But again, that's wrestling, and you're supposed to suspend belief when you're in that kind of a situation. So, I don't know. I was really happy with, uh, who is ring announcing? Who is the announcer? J-Rose. Yeah, dude, he fucking lit it up. I know you said that earlier, but yeah. I didn't have a chance to say anything. He looked happy to be there. That really means a lot to me as a fan, too, because that means he's having a good time and so am I. And when that's going on, like, and you feel it's mutual, it becomes a real fun thing. That's, yeah. That's pretty much what I have to say about that. I ended up watching it the next day because I was way too tired that night to watch it. Yeah, it was it was fun. Like I said, I near the end, I started like, uh, after the match end, I was going to skip out real fast. And I saw Billy Dixon come out. I was like, okay, what are they going to do? Okay, tease it. And then I'm out of there. Uh-huh. But it was a yeah. fun. I think the energy of the whole show and the crowd was perfect for the midnight show because it it, it felt it was fun. I loved that show. It was um, the talent. I think talent wise was up there with was what, what else good. was provided. Yeah. On all these other shows. I thought it was fantastic. And it was fun to see some of these names that I haven't seen ever 
and the Myron uh, Reed. And, it could have been a three-hour show. Yeah, for sure, easily. I'm not going to lie. I know it was a late one, but I'll definitely go on as being quoted for that. Um, for the culture, could have been a three-hour show. And next year, I'm sure there's still going to be enough talent rolling out there to fill it because I was I was thoroughly impressed with it. Yeah, I'm the same way, and um, I, I can't wait. Uh, I I hope the WrestleMania or something like that. I've even talked a little bit, like thinking about maybe going to Collective next year, but that, that would be pushing it, but that's how much fun I had. And Oh, so, ooh, that's that's worth talking about. That is worth talking about, because I know you went to all the shows. Uh-huh. Okay, next year, would you pick shows singularly, or would you find yourself doing total total thing. total again yeah i, yeah. I, I that i love the whole that's why i always loved about gcw just in general their one show has so much variety now i'm getting 10 times that with 10 shows and 10 times of variety and i think that's what makes the for me that that's what made this collective felt so uh surreal because i get to see a lot of new talent ddt comedy uh ddt also brought some and not quote-unquote deathmatch but some extreme stuff um, I got to see high quality matches, Vikingo Speedball. High quality wrestling. Exactly. I, big names, names that from all over the world and different companies, all under one place at the UCC. Like, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I would go to every single show just p- to enjoy all the variety and greatness that they, they provide because I, like I said, I don't have a bad thing to say about anything that I experienced at the whole collective at all. I was iffy about Santino, knocked it out of the water. I was iffy about For the Cards Culture. Knocked it out of the water as if he about Jimmy Lloyd's knocked it out of the water. Like I'm starting to see there's a pattern here. And I know that some of the bigger shows are just now coming up. Yeah. And I can't wait to cover those ones. We don't know exactly. We're down to six shows. Uh, we just yep. don't know exactly which ones we're going to put out, but that'll be a surprise when uh, the next episode drops. And yeah. it will probably be drop in early in the week. We will, as of right now, the plans, as we said, uh, Plans are to be all caught up right before the GCW uh, weekend next weekend shows, and I believe those ones. Uh, yeah, they're off the top of my head. I'll look it up later. But um, yeah, we're gonna be cranking all these out as we see. I got a couple extra days off that I totally forgot about, and uh, we'll, we're gonna get yeah. caught up. Uh, where are they at? Also, Stage. we're improving audio. Ba boom, ba boom. You'll be hearing less breathing from us for anybody who listens to any of that um, off and on. Yes, we are getting some audio tweaks going on, so we'll be able to remove some of that. So it's a lot easier to sit here and listen to. And YouTube, I will be up. I know uh, most of you, if you probably listen to us, you <laughs> noticed we stopped updating the YouTube. I uh, I will be starting to upgrade those too. So if any if you guys pass this along to any other friends that listen to the podcast and they they don't listen to anything else other than YouTube, we will be backlogging everything that we've done and updating that as well. And uh, video, I do kind of have a little bit more concrete plans on video um, that will be coming out here soon. And um, yeah, we He's got... Get, that's right. B's got an OnlyFans. Well, I don't want to... Sh- oh, yeah, 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 shit. I took that public, <laughs> didn't I? That public. But we will... We'll be, like I said, we're all coming together now. <laughs> One year of the podcast coming up here soon in a couple months. And... Um, that's just even crazy to think about. And we're at already episode. This is 55. Um, and yeah, we got, we're going to start pushing it a little bit more, improving everything else. And stuff's coming along connection wise, people that we're talking to and people that want interviews are, as you said, you're, you're on one end, improving the sound. I'm improving my, my quality over here as best I can, but we're, we've both have found yeah. ways to improve and, 
I think it's starting to come along where where we wanted it to be and where we kind of envisioned and hoped for way back then, just maybe a little bit slower than what we originally kind of started talking about, but it will all be there. And hopefully you guys will all enjoy everything that we have planned uh, over these next. Oh, there's months. a lot. Yes. There's a lot in the pipeline. Speaking of, you know, people and connections, we have 10, 12, probably 15 interviews, if not 20 interviews that all we have to do is connect with the people who've asked to come on and from there, we just have to ask a couple of people we'd like to fill in. I have quite a few people that all I have to do is ask. Yeah. And I, and I have quite a few people who all I have to do is tell them it's time. Like Hoodfoot's waiting. Like some of these guys are waiting. Yeah. Cole, you know how I am with Cole. All I have to do is ask him. That's simple. Oliver, I can have, we can have Jordan on here. He's going to be an easy one too. Once we get up and running. So um, looking forward to a lot. I didn't even tell you about Cole. I can kind of tell people just a little bit because what's online was kind of online. Or do um, you want to tease it for the next one? Leave him a cliffhanger. Or oh, do you want to say it now? It's right. up to you. We already, the Cole part of the show has already passed. We'll leave it for the time when it's, you know, because I'm actually going to be telling you a lot about that Yoshihiko. I was about to say, we anyway. do have one more big Cole main call. event coming up here that might be a main event worthy story, in my opinion. I, I believe so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's some really cool insights that I'm going to try to share about this um, that match and how much planning went into it and who's under that black outfit that was controlling Yoshi. Oh yeah, I know who. Someone's got so, the keys to put mind power and control over Yoshiku. Oh. Yeah. Yes, there is one. There is one master. Anyway, though, yeah, nothing nothing like major. This person that was in the outfit. This was a one-time thing because they were here in Los Los Angeles. It was not like there's one Yoshihiko yeah. handler that runs around. No, no. It's just that night I know who it was because he told me. But <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll explain the match and I'll explain just how everything went down when when the time has come. Yes. And I think that will probably be our next two shows we cover is DDT and uh DDT versus GCW. Yeah, and also we have to talk about the fact that Las Vegas has some announcements now that's coming yes like so many shows like if you have a chance las vegas is going to have a big old thing going on the weekend of the 26th to the 28th we're getting an a-town lineup already just those three names alone yeah so we have we have yamashita we have maki and we have help me out with the other one by kingo but kingo that's how could i have not got <laughs> that was the one for me i was like done <laughs> Ticket sale win. Wow. Uh, got it. Wow. But and then yeah, there's there's a lot of shows from a bunch of companies coming out at that time. We still don't know who all's coming out with GCW. I do know that Hood Slam is one of them. Yes. I know I know that FSW is already out here. They're always active when GCW comes out. From there, I don't know. I think you said Rev2 Pro or somebody else um, had a local show at FSW. The owner's son had like one show, a couple like two years ago called Code yeah. and then he just kind of rebranded it. I forgot. Yeah. What letters and numbers it's two something. Um, they kind of okay. rebranded it and have announced a couple matches, uh, or not, ta- uh, not some talent for their card as well. Well, yeah. It, tickets are also going fast on that Las Vegas one. So if you have a chance, you might want to get in there on it. Last I checked. Yeah. See, I'm looking right now, front row and second rows sold out. There are three rows or uh, three chairs left in the third row. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's going to go quick. General admission, obviously, there's going to be some stuff there, but seats are done. Nice. 
You ready? Yes. Let's do this we damn will thing. Send them out here. Uh, yeah. I think we covered it. All righty. All right. Okay. So, you first. Lo- I'm just kidding. Lo- we go together. Oh, come on. I already started twice now. <laughs> okay. Ready? Long. Long. Live. live G. G. C. 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 W. <laughs> West Coast. Best Coast. 